Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, February the 11th, 2015, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Steve Say, Mr. Bob Ryer, Road Trip, and on the line with Miss Stephanie Cook. Hey! All right, so we are here, sleet and snow and frozen driveways. (laughs) We are are here um, recording from Steve's house tonight. Where all the magic happens. Yes. The lots of magic. Lots of figures. Lots of discs of, of, of different kinds yeah lots of lots of dvds lots of games lots yeah. of uh kotobukiya figures <laughs> and funko pop figures and uh lots of hanny mode artwork yeah all over mm-hmm. the walls it's funny because you know you have all your figures obviously they're facing into your living room so that you can mm-hmm. see them when you're out there but sitting in here it's just a line of asses i <laughs> 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 never thought of it that way yeah. <laughs> asses that i actually at some point uh i plan on giving away and I had actually just the asses. Yeah, <laughs> gonna I'm, gonna keep, I'm gonna keep the rest. Some weird like nail biter serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. I might keep one or two of them, but um, I'm actually gonna gift them to uh, a friend of mine cool. who's been eyeing them. And uh, mm. you know, yeah, we'll see. Cool, we'll see. Very cool. She doesn't know yet. She'll freak out when I tell her. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, we got nothing to talk about this week on on the show. Well, nothing, nothing happened. Nothing no. happened in the last week and a half at all. I nothing, hate that. Nothing. Um, DC didn't, and the new Fifty Two uh, Marvel did not announce an all female Avengers book, and Spider Man did not come back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So nope. none of those things happened. So we won't be talking about any of those in in the second half of the show. Lightning round. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know it'll be a very short show because we have nothing to talk about. Um, yeah. That's obviously a lie. Yes, yeah. All that stuff obviously did happen, and we'll be talking about it in the in the second half of the show. Um, before that, of course, we're going to do our shared book of the week, which is this week it's Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham's Nameless from Image Comics. Uh, it was Stephanie's pick for, for this week. And uh, obviously, well, then we'll do uh, our lightning round as well. Um, yeah, and so Steve won't be with us next week. Nope. He's going to be away. Um, so Bob will be picking the book. So he'll announce that after we do our, our, shame, our shameless, nameless um, book of the week. <laughs> I promise getting, it w- getting it my be- showtime yeah. and shows yeah. and my comics mixed yeah. up. Now you know how it feels to be in a different environment and be all thrown <laughs> off. I just I just love Emmy Rossum so much that I just got it confused with, <laughs> with this Grant Morrison book. Hmm. Um, so, all right. So let's get, we got a lot to talk about. So let's get right into the comics oh. talk. Stephanie bragged before the show started that she had notes for her for her books. <laughs> so we're gonna have Stephanie go first in the lightning round. How do you feel about that, Steph? I feel pretty okay about that, but I'd like to put in a formal petition first. <laughs> yes, an internet petition. Yes, petition? Twitter petition. I would at least like for my segment to be called "Feminist Comics Lightning okay. Round." <laughs> um. Okay. Because, so, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. call yours feminist comic lightning round. Yeah. Um. All right, Rosie the Riveter, go ahead. 
Am, am I going? Yes, then oh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, I read Angela, Agent of Asgard. Uh, I thought it was the strongest issue yet, number three. Uh, although I'm growing really, really tired of the Thor Angela rivalry that's going on. They don't really have any reasons to hate each other, in my opinion. Eh. Anyways, um, her behavior is getting a bit irksome, but I do find the Sarah story that I think is by Marguerite Bennett and Stephanie Hans uh, to be the stronger of what's going on. So I'm still reading it because I'm enjoying what's going on there. All right. Let's see. What else? Oh, my God. My list. My handwriting is so nice. Um, <laughs> so uh, I know Bob is going to talk about this as well, uh, but I just wanted to quickly mention I've been reading Operation Sin. Really, really enjoying it. Um, artist hit and miss for me. Sometimes it's spot on. Well, other times the faces look kind of weirdly off, um, but the story is great. Uh, just really digging the whole Agent Carter aspect of you know, comics and TV and everything nowadays, basically. Um, more Agent Carter. I will not complain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, unbeatable Squirrel Girl. So I was going to put this in my book of the week, but I decided to add it in here because I want to talk about something else. But uh, Ryan North, Eric Henderson, this is issue number two. Uh, first note, they changed the color of the little commentary at the bottom, thankfully, so it's a little bit easier to read. Uh, a little. Hmm? A little. A little bit. Uh, but if you can read it, and if you need a magnifying glass, it's worth buying that magnifying glass because it's so, so, so good. Um, Mine's here with me. Like some highlights where she refers to herself as Sally Awesome Legs. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure this book should just be renamed The Quotable Squirrel Girl. Everything. Oh. I want to like tweet everything that she says and be like, so funny, so funny. Um, I love how positive Doreen is and how much she loves herself in a completely ridiculous way. Uh, like she's just proud of who she is, exactly how she is. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the most positive messages that can be put out there right now, especially as an all ages book. You know, Doreen is just all about how great her powers are. She has, you know, she's squirrel girl, but she's still just like, how awesome am I? Squirrels? Yeah, what's up? Like, she is so much fun to read about. Hilarious. I love how she's drawn um, and the shenanigans she gets into. I love her roommate, Nancy. So, so good. And how they're going to start Mew Club, where the first five rules of Mew Club is talk about Mew Club because seriously, they need members. Um, <laughs> Time's yeah. up, Stephanie. That's that's where I'm at right now. Nice. Good oh. job. Oh, the, she's going to go to the moon to kick Galactus's butt. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think my favorite panel of the year so far, though, is watching Chippy Toe in Iron Man armor. Yes. I mean, that is just so ridiculous and it works in this context. Now, how can you not love a book that quotes both J. Robert Oppenheimer quoting the Bhagavad Gita and John F. Kennedy? <laughs> it's an amazing And, and it's series. got talking squirrels. I know. That's I love the perfection. thing where Tippy is going to come through the window and just like hits the window. And then there's like a little yeah. note at the bottom. Tippy totally saw this differently in his head. <laughs> so good. I, I am happy it went to sort of a brownish squirrel color writing at the bottom. 
as opposed yeah. to the gray from last issue, which got me cross-eyed. Yeah, it was <laughs> but really I, hard. But I still need my magnifying glass. I'm walking around like Sherlock Holmes looking at this book. I mean, it's rough, but it's worth it. I yeah. missed it the first couple of pages and then noticed it and had to go back, whereas now it actually is noticeable that there's something there. Hmm? Mm-hmm. All right. Steve. Bobby. You're up next. Oh, boy. Here it comes. Here it goes. <laughs> Lightning round. Go. All right, so I'm talking about Nailbiter again this week, number 10 from Joshua Williamson and Mike Henderson. For those of you that have been keeping up with Nailbiter, uh, this is a pretty major issue as a few things are uh, revealed, or one major thing is revealed about the town of Buckaroo. I won't tell you what it is, but it kind of turned this whole story uh, on its ass and revealed something we had yet to know that will make you rethink everything you've read so far. I absolutely love it when uh, a series does that. Gives you a chance to reread it. Another one. This is the penultimate issue. You've heard about me talk about it 14 times. This is the second <laughs> to last time you'll hear me talk about it is Sheltered Number 14 from Ed Brisson and Johnny Christmas, the best name in comics. Uh, this is the this is the issue before the end. Everything is is coming down to the wire. Uh, you've got death, you've got explosions, you've got revelations about what's been going on inside of the camp, and it is just a thrill ride from beginning to end. I cannot wait till next month. I'm super sad but super stoked for the last issue, number 15. I expect that it will be wonderful, and this will turn out to be one of my favorite series ever. Uh, cluster number one, also from Ed Burson. It's nice to know that he's picking up. He's leaving us with Sheltered, but he's picking up with Cluster from Boom Studios. Uh, artwork by Damien Kircio. Uh What you have here is basically a case of a woman who gets picked up by the cops after being in a terrible accident, um, and they figure that she's the one responsible for it, and she becomes incarcerated by these sort of space police. She wakes up in this uh, penitentiary of sorts where they gather all these criminals and put them uh, in a place where they must go... um, They do... You read this, right? I haven't read it yet. Oh, you didn't read it. Okay, so they... They're basically um, fodder for this war that's going on. They're fighting this Mm -hmm. war, and they take their prisoners, and they put them at the front of the line, and they expect them to perform. If you don't perform accordingly, your sentence gets you know, shortened, i.e. death. Mm. Um, Just kind of like Suicide Squad, they've uh, kind of embedded everyone with what they call a punch, which is a tiny capsule that's placed inside of the chest that should you try to run within 24 hours, the punch will punch through you and it will be paralyzed and you will die. Um, So what what happens here is there's a major turn in the war that they're fighting and this group of misfits, including um, this woman that was incarcerated, get separated from their group and they're way outside of the line of where you can can and cannot be for this punch to be activated. And they have 24 hours to regroup with their people or they'll all die and their people are all dead. So how will they survive? We don't know. It's a fantastic, fantastic number one issue. The art for it's spectacular and you should definitely pick it up. Uh, Ed Brisson's becoming one of my favorite uh, new writers. Don't throw that. I oh, want to see the inside of that. The okay. cover is absolutely stunning. It's a the beautiful amount book. of detail. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really highly Ooh. detailed. Um, the Slug. characters are, are very well defined. There's aliens. I know I'm talking past yeah. my time. That's all right. I, I brought you into it. Don't yeah. worry. Um, it's just, he's just like sheltered. Huh. He's building like this ragtag group of characters and this world that is just 
fully realized from the beginning. They paint this whole story for you and then just put you in this position where, you know, everyone's about to die. So he's Ed Burstyn seems to have this way of telling stories that uh, happen within a very finite period of time. You know, he's got 24 hours within the book to tell this story. Uh, I'm just so, so stoked that it was so good. And I, I can't wait to pick this up now that Sheltered's ending. Yeah, I mean, I just piggybacking off Sheltered really quick. I, I read it as well. And it's my first time actually... Probably think it's the first issue reading it as it comes out because mm-hmm. I just I hadn't read it since then and then we caught up for it for the end of the year stuff and um, I, it's funny because when it was over I couldn't tell if it was the last issue or the next to the last issue right mm. because it ends in a very kind of final way for a, the one of the biggest things the biggest running mm-hmm. dramas in the entire series it ends in a very final way at the end of the issue so I was very surprised to actually learn that there's another issue coming um, I'm. I still have this thought mm-hmm. that it's going to happen. Yep. That, that, the, the thing that is not that, you know, the whole thing is based on is actually going to yep. happen. I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but I was, I was saying I have one bullet left in my prediction gun mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for that last issue to mm-hmm. pull the trigger and, yeah. and prove me right. Yeah. Um, wow. Very, very good series though. Oh, it's so good. Great series. Great, great series. All right, Bob, are you ready? Sure. Lightning round. Go. Okay, after enjoying the heck out of Death Vigil last week, I took a chance on Stepan Shayich's original graphic novel, Sunstone. Now, this book is definitely for grown-ups only. Let me just say that ahead of time. But despite the adult themes and some occasional nudity, I didn't find this either gratuitous or exploitative. Uh, at the surface, the story of Lisa, who's a writer of internet erotic fiction, whose stories are discovered by... Allie, who's a fledgling dominatrix, and how things work out as they meet in person. Now, although set in the B&D world, there's no S&M here, there's no violence and blood and guts and other stuff, it's just sort of control issues. Sunstone is at its heart, it's a romantic comedy. It's a sensual one, to, to be sure, but it's utterly charming, playful, and it's cleverly written, and the art is absolutely stunning. The emotion shown in these faces is just absolutely winning. So, for those on our forums who push me toward this, I thank them. And the second one is coming out soon. Now, at the far end of the spectrum from Sunstone is Ms. Marvel, <laughs> number 11. And this is the wrap-up to the inventor storyline. And Kamala, as usual, learned some lessons about being a heroine and the price you'll have to pay for that. And why even the most embiggened person needs help sometimes, because nobody can be all things to all people. Uh, Kamala wins the day, of course, with courage, compassion, intelligence. And what more could one want from their hero? Uh, Operation Sin Number 2, which I'm really enjoying the heck out of, and for those who loved or loving the television show or Winter Soldier Bitter March, this is a really cool book. Peggy Carter and Howard Stark chase UFOs across Russia, along with some very interesting side characters and teammates, including now apparently a giant bear who might be part of the story moving forward. (laughs) Uh, Great post-war vibe by Catherine Eminen. You really feel like you're there. So this is one to pick up. Shaft number three, which is another to the T rendition of John Shaft by David Walker book was heavily hard boiled, but with a lot of heart. Uh, and we introduced one of the characters from the books and the movies for the oh, first cool. time, which is really good. And as Shaft's tale is, is beginning, Elisa Cameron's is ending as she settles accounts for the death of a close friend in ghost number 12. Uh, Christopher Isabella finishes up on a real high note here. And thanks to him and for Kelly Sue DeConnick for having relaunched this character a couple of years back. Uh, I've been a fan since the very, very beginning. So it's good to see it go out on such a positive note. I'm done. All Amazing. Right. He had 40 seconds left to spare. Wow. 
Bob is a champion. I could throw in Hawkeye really quick. I'm going to talk about Hawkeye. Okay. Okay. Amazing. I'm really enjoying originals in Bob. Um, it is. Isn't it very cool? Mm-hmm. I really like it. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I I like that they give Peggy a different look from the TV show too. I I just like there being separate entities. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what do you think of the art though? Too like because they're going for a fun and old fashioned vibe. I think having art that looks more nineteen fifties or sixties fits the piece. I'm not sure if you went really fully realized, full bleed modern artwork that it would help it any. No, I, I know some of the faces look a little scrunched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more comic strippy than comic booky. I like it generally. There's just a couple panels like of the close ups that where the faces mm-hmm. are just not quite right to me, but everything else, like I agree with you. It's it, it fits the tone. Yeah, very much enjoying and enjoying the television show too, which is on yeah. as we speak, I guess. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. It was only meant to be a mini series, right? It's what yeah. the what Operation Sin or uh, Agent, Agent Carter? Carter? Agent Carter. I think technically yeah. both. Yeah, right. both. Yes, both are <laughs> miniseries. Agent Carter is, uh, it's going to be seven weeks, but eight episodes because yeah. they showed two the first time around. Yeah. I think it'll end up being the S.H.I.E.L.D. fill-in. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what their plan is. I think if it does well, um, that they'll, they'll come back every time S.H.I.E.L.D.'s on a hiatus. Do you see that they're already bringing the Joker into Gotham? Yeah, next yeah. Week? yeah. Well, they've been talking about that since before the <laughs> premiere. Okay. Yeah, um, yep. I haven't, you know, I, I checked out on that show after the first episode, and, and I haven't heard mm-hmm. much good about it from anybody. Even the people who were defending it at first, I haven't heard much good from. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's, there are people still enjoying it, but... I've watched it, yeah. yeah. I've, I'm, I'm all caught up on yeah. it. It's, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there was one part where Bruce fell down a hill that I, I kind of had to rewind it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Very satisfying. Um, all right. Here we go. Boom. So... You mentioned a, a comic book TV show. One of the things I'm going to talk about in my lightning round here is Arrow, oh, snap. Uh, which I'm not going to spoil anything, but we've had a run of episodes since the, it came back from its mid-season finale um, where the dynamic in, in Starling City has changed and um, Oliver is absent for a little while from the actual city. And I loved the dynamic that grew in in, the, in his absence mm-hmm. between kind of Team Arrow that was that was left behind. I thought it finally gave uh, Roy something to do, which he has been lacking for a while now. Um, really, since the middle of season two, near the or you know halfway through season two or so, he he's been kind of just angry or a zombie or you know depressed or whatever. And now he got to just be a leader and and really bring out I think that character a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed what they've started to do with Laurel. I think that they've done a great job of redeeming that character in a very very short period of time um and there's a ollie gives a speech at the end of this episode the last episode it's like a real superhero stuff like i got like a little chills um uh but i'm done with the the um, oliver felicity like back and forth yes. stuff i'm just done with it now um so i hope they move on from that soon um saga number 25 came out one of the good things about not reading the releases anymore is that i sometimes now get surprised when i go to the comic book store and i didn't realize the new saga was coming out Mm -hmm. last week i got really excited and i read it and um i think it was just fantastic i I think that it's starting off this this new set of this new set of books i think even better than the last one started out and the last arc was my favorite wow nice uh great great stuff um obviously some really really fantastic moments some really funny moments some really scary moments all, all of it re- really good and i love that we're getting more into like the robot robot characters now we're seeing more of them we're dealing more with them mm-hmm. which I, I i like and then um hawkeye n- number number 21 i this is also the penultimate issue uh, yeah. of, of their run it's been funny because i think it was obviously supposed to end a lot 
earlier than this, and we've we've now they're now hardcore press on the Lemire Ramon Perez uh, mm-hmm. Hawkeye book. Um, and this it, it's weird because I I didn't go back and read the other books before I read this, um, and it's one of those things where it, it's it's like when you watch a movie in film school and you're like. I can appreciate this is really good, but I, I don't, my connection to it is not there anymore. You know, I, I loved the artist, obviously gorgeous. I loved what the idea of what's happening, but because it's been so long since I was visiting that world, I read it and I didn't initially remember everything. I didn't, I didn't remember what we were moving towards. I was like, why, why is Barney in a wheelchair? Why? And then I had to me all remember Clint was deaf like all these things mm. that were happening um I, I just didn't remember and it took away from the enjoyment for me hmm. um i'm so hoping that after 22 comes out i'm gonna go back and read it all in, in one shot and i'm sure it'll be fantastic but um as good as it was reading it now it just it didn't i didn't connect with it at all so that's a shame that's my later yeah. round bobby going back to arrow did you hear yeah. the potential rumor about diggle Yes, I did there is a rumor going around that he might end up being john stewart yes awesome. wow he yeah. said like awesome. uh he said, is John Diggle, or somebody asked him, is John yeah. Diggle John Stewart? And he said, I cannot say yes, and I cannot say no. Yeah. So, oh, that would be so cool. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he said he would be honored to play the character. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. I mean, he's one of the best parts of the show. He's he, he, mm-hmm. when, when the show was not great, he was, like, the, the first the great thing about it, together, it, you know? Yeah. And, and he's, you know, he... He because of the how the cast has grown, he isn't featured as much as as, as he used to be. But I, I I think he's great. I think he'd be perfect to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah I I think that's great. I mean I think I they've proven they can bring other heroes in. I mean I love what they've been doing with Brandon Routh. I think that he's been the standout of the season for me. His character, uh, and I'm anxious to see him actually become the Adam. I'm so glad that he's not evil oh yeah he's so super nice i know but like <laughs> what a relief yeah. like, it seems like every time that we get introduced to a new like ceo-ish type mm. character they always turn out to be <laughs> yeah evil and yeah. i'm just i'm a, i was it's so like bored of that formula something about big corporations yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of an agenda there oh. yeah. um but yeah no diggle diggle's been really great and i like the way that they've handled him kind of not sidelining him in any way because every now and again he does pose as the arrow or he Mm. dresses up as something and he actually does go out into the field but he seems to have he's not whining so much about being sidelined and Mm. and being kind of like Felicity's second in Mm. in running the show and calling the shots like he's he's a military man Mm -hmm. right before uh, before he did security Mm -hmm. so he's got that pedigree of being able to strategize yeah and they seem to be using that with him to where he's like comfortable with that position now. Mm -hmm. And he knows that he's got family back at home and he can't always be on the front line. And there were a couple of episodes where he was going to, you know, what are you doing to me, man? I can get out there. I can go. And Oliver's like, dude, you know, you're, you're too important to too many people. Now you got to hang back. And I like that. He's kind of come around to, to that Mm -hmm. um, way of thinking. Yeah. And yeah. they, they've done a really good job by not like not directly addressing it, but just smoothly transitioning him to that position. Yeah. And then if he ends up being Jon Stewart, that's just going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope that happens. Yeah. I mean, they've obviously opened up with powers from the Flash, so th- that's becoming a, a, sure. a factor mm-hmm. in the in the in the series. But yeah, so that, that's that's my my lightning round. Let's move on to our, our our singular books of the week. Stephanie, what's your book of the week? I read something that. Um has now come to an end, but was beloved to many. Uh, and that is Journey into Mystery 
Um, Specifically, I read the issue or the trade that featured Sif, uh, Mm -hmm. which was done by Catherine Eminen and uh, Rich Ellis with uh, art by, or colors, sorry, by Jordi Belair. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was, I mean, Catherine Eminen is amazing. We no, no, not Rich Ellis. Did I say Rich Ellis? I meant yeah. Valerio uh, Sheedy. Yeah. Um, sorry, two of my books were Catherine Eminen books this week. Yeah, Rich Ellis is the is the artist on uh, Operation, Operation Sin, Sin. Right? Sin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mix some things up. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, Val Valerio Sheedy and uh, Still Colors by Jordi Belair. Uh, I loved this. I have been craving a fantastic Wonder Woman story um, and really missing that part of um, the comic book world. Brian Azzarello and the gang and I haven't even, we're not even going to, the David Finch stuff doesn't even exist to me. Um, (laughs) But I've just been craving uh, a story that is along those lines. Um, And I've read some Sif stuff before and obviously she gets, uh, she makes appearance appearances in Thor stuff, um, but I this was like the first big, big, big arc that was just her that I've read, and I loved it. Like it just the art was perfect. I adored everything. Um, there was these tiny moments where she would interact with other Asgardians, um, and these great moments where she was just a normal person, and I loved those, and I loved. The kick-ass fight scenes, um, Jordy's colors were perfect for the line art, like perfect. Um, mm-hmm. But that's seriously no surprise because Jordy, you know, she wouldn't be the colorist if she wasn't the colorist, you know? She's fantastic. Um, the story was great. I felt like it, it was this badass story that I never knew I wanted I mean, Sif isn't exactly painted in a good light in this book. Um, she's not a delicate flower. Like, she's Lady Sif, but she's a warrior. And she normally stands for good things, but she lets this need to be more powerful and this need to be a bit of a different person overcome her. And um, the story is about her, you know overcoming these powers that um the berserker powers yeah 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 she winds up going to a witch it's a little bit of like a little mermaid story it's like i want legs here's legs Uh, (laughs) (laughs) she wants to be stronger and so um the woman the witch gives her powers and the powers make her cray cray uh yep she goes on a very violent spree uh, a very hitty spree. Um, stabby, too, if you will. Hitty. <laughs> hitty, stabby. Um, and it's ultimately this story about, you know, just using the powers that you have, um, you know, to do a greater good. But with what you have, don't want more. Just work with what you got. And I loved it. I just thought everything about it was perfect. Um, the story was great. The art was great. And I, I wish there was more of it. Uh, it doesn't, I don't think it really tied into Journey into Mystery uh, as a whole. It was just kind of a one-off arc. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Well, um, 
Yeah, I can. Uh, did you get the second? There's a second trade of her um, having adventures with Beta Ray Bill. No, I didn't get them. Yeah, there's uh, there's another six issues. It's a uh, it's a twelve issue run. Um, I absolutely love the part where she's with the other warriors and she's in that like bog area. Yeah, they're like and she and uh, she, she's like exiled. What's the vo- yeah, she's like, what's the most badass thing that everybody's afraid of in here? They're like, oh, well, it's this thing. She's like, yeah, well, I'm going to go and kill that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's just, nah, I ain't going to wait around here. Let's take our yeah, fate into our own amazing. hands. The artwork for that for that run was phenomenal. Yeah, so good. it made me want to cosplay. Like, her costume <laughs> is so cool, um, and she's so cool that I just want it to, you know punch things but as Sif. <laughs> <laughs> well you'll be happy to know there is totally another uh another trade and another arc for that oh yeah, that's very that's exciting I, all the all the same people too. i really liked um i mean i would have been happy if this was it because it was a very very good uh arc like I, I just super enjoyed it but that is extra appealing yeah mm-hmm. it was meant to be ongoing it's meant to but it just didn't sell very well, so they canceled it. The second arc is good. It's not. It doesn't have the punch that the mm. first one did. It was. It was bringing in characters that, I guess, new readers weren't familiar with, and it was it, even more bizarre than the first arc. Uh, if that was, if that's even possible, right? So, right, yeah. but still highly enjoyable. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, so that's Journey into Mystery. I guess it's one through six. Yeah. Right. Um, in, in, in the new, I guess I'm sorry, Steph. I don't mean to bogart your, mm. your book of the week. That's okay. Mm. Um, no, I, yeah, it's I volume just got the two, I guess. Of it, um, which was very reasonably priced. I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, it was funny. Um, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but speaking on trades and Marvel trades and series that end too soon, I was talking to Brian Verdrose of Talking Movies today, and he was talking about the possible Sinister Six movie not happening anymore. He's like, the only way I'd want to see that is if it was about like these six heroes who were just like horrible at their jobs and like they always <laughs> messed up and they, you know, it, it was just that. And I was like, well, they had a comic series. It's called Superior Foes of Spider Man, and it was exactly that. Oh, it's amazing. He goes, really? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. So much of that humor carries over to the the new Ant Man book. Yeah, I love it. All right, so um, Steve, you're up. Okay. Um, you guys, we already have a book in contention for our end of the year awards and it's only February (laughs) for the graphic novel category. Uh, and I'm talking about the sculptor from, um, creator Scott McCloud. Uh, even Neil Gaiman himself on the front cover says the best graphic novel I've read in years. (laughs) So if that is not a tip of the hat, I don't know what is. Um, this is a 488 page graphic novel that I sat down to quote unquote check out and ended up reading from cover to cover till three o'clock in the morning because I could not put it down. Um, I'll set the story up for you and then I'm going to just let it go because I don't want to spoil too much. But um, you have this character, his name's David, and he is kind of, he was like a protege of, um, not a protege, but he was a very gifted and talented um, artist and sculptor. And he was given a scholarship to a place and then picked up by like a very prestigious um, like art gallery curator who decided to showcase his work and, and put it up and, and feature him and whatnot. So that came and went and he sold a couple of pieces, but not enough to really make a name for himself. And everybody was kind of expecting great things from him and expecting him to just come up with like you know all this new stuff and come back onto the scene just blow a bunch of minds and unfortunately that just didn't happen the 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 creativity stagnated 
Uh, his bills were piling up. He was renting this this loft, and his his landlord switched owners, and it was terrible. All these things happened to him that kind of put him in a really really horrible place. So the book opens up with him being kind of down and out, and he's sitting inside of a restaurant, and he's just getting hammered. He's drinking, and he's drinking, and he looks up, and he sees his uncle, his mother's brother. And he's like, you know, oh, my God, Uncle so-and-so. I can't remember his name. He's like, you know, how have you been? He's like, oh, I've been, you know, I've been well. He's like, you know, how have you been? He's like, oh, you know, things are really rough. And he kind of tells him his story and brings him up to date on where he's been for the last, like, five years. And he is talking to his uncle, and his uncle basically says to him, he goes, well, what do you what do you want to do? And he says, I want to create. I want to give my gift of art to, to everyone, but I don't know how to do it. And his uncle asks him, he goes, well, what would you give to do that? And he says, honestly, he goes, I would give my life to do that. And in that moment, when he says those words, he looks up and he remembers something. And he goes, wait a minute. He goes, I'm trying to remember the last time that I saw you. And it was at your funeral. How the hell are you here? How are you sitting here with me now? So he's been having this conversation with his his deceased uncle and his uncle's just kind of smiling at him from across the table. And he reaches out to him and he goes, I can make your 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 wish come true, but there are conditions. And he says, I will give you the gift to create anything you want, but you'll only have 200 days left to live upon which to share it with the world. And after not very much thought, David, because he's so down and out because he doesn't think much of himself, he accepts the terms, uncle touches his hand, and basically gives him this gift. He's a sculptor. So instead of using like a chisel and a hammer and whatnot, he can physically take his hands and mold from any surface, from any kind of, whether it be granite, metal, whatever, he can kind of like earth bend his, his, his mm. self into these things and create these tremendous things. And he's got kind of this like eidetic memory. So he starts building all of these things from like memories of his childhood and all of like these influential things throughout his life and starts to create this like buzz about himself. And in the process of going, like he's going to have a gallery showing and while walking through the streets, he's walking and he's walking. He just had this really bizarre, you know, interaction with his dead uncle and he notices that all the people on the street are acting really bizarre and they're all staring at him. And he's like, what the hell is going on? They all get down on their hands and knees and begin to bow to him, creating this like really surreal scene. And this angel comes out from, from the sky and, you know, comes up to his face and holds his, holds uh, his face in her hands and says, everything will be all right. And in that moment, he falls in love with this angel who then disappears and goes off. Mm. You come to find out, that this was a um, like a staged art installation thing called the Sad Man. That they picked him specifically and got like a block squared off and did this whole thing. It has this really profound effect on him, and he, in one way or another, ends up um, coming to have company with this angel that falls from the sky, and she then becomes the reason that he wants to create and wants to share all of these things. And no matter what he does, he's constantly struggling with himself to, you know, share the thing that means the most to him. And so the book basically takes you through this struggle, the struggle of his and the blossoming of this really, really meaningful 
relationship of him like having a reason to live and and all these things are happening for him and all these incredible things and his life is worth living again but the clock is ticking down and and time is running out and he still can't find that one thing that he wants to share with the world to make it all worth it so that's pretty much the setup for the story um it's a extraordinarily powerful read you get really, really involved. It's one of those things. It's a long book. So, you know, there's lots of downtime. There's lots of time to have those really quiet moments and watch the relationship build over time. And, you know, none of the characters are perfect. There's mental illness in this. There's um, just like there's prejudice in it. And there's, you know, dissecting the art community and what it means to be a creator and, you know, how important is it for you to share your gift with people, you know, if you don't believe in it yourself? Are you doing it just to make a name so that people remember you or are you doing it for the art? Are you doing it because this, you know, the inherent your, your inherent wanting to create all of that stuff? Mm. So for anybody who's an artist um, who's, you know, either you draw, you sculpt, whatever you do, that you're always digging into yourself to try and put something out there for people to enjoy. Um, the message of this book is that it has to come from you and it has to mean something to you in order for it to mean something to other people. Mm. Um, and it's a really, really beautiful book. I didn't cry, but I wanted to. <laughs> um, and just a, a super, super satisfying close and um, just a hell of a ride. Like I said, I started reading it at like one o'clock in the morning. I just picked it up to be like, oh, I bought this. Let me check it out. And I didn't go to bed till like 3.30 in the morning because I could not put it down. It just pulled me right in. It's a beautiful book. It's called The Sculptor uh, by Scott McCloud. And um, if you have the time, if you can get your hands on it, I highly, highly recommend that you check it out. It's wonderful. Cool. Has Scott McCloud done other things? Is he the Scott McCloud from Understanding yes. Comics? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like a ridiculous amount of followers on Twitter. I talked to him the other day <laughs> telling him how much I enjoyed the book. And he's like, oh, I appreciate it. I don't know. Just a, a oh, and the, uh, by the way, the, the artwork is also spectacular. Um, it's delivered in kind of this, um, well, not kind of, exactly, that um, blue, white, and black kind of um, tonality to it. I'm trying to think of other books that have like Blankets mm -hmm. uh, by Craig Thompson uh, had done this. And uh, it's like I said, it's very intimate, very moving and very inspirational uh, in a lot of ways. And it gets really deep into its characters. You feel like, you know, everyone in this book by the end and you really, really feel like as the clock is ticking down as the, as he's writing in his journal and the days are, you know, 24 days left, 12 days left, nine days left you can feel it in your chest. You're like, how the hell is this going to end? What is he going to do to leave his mark? And what is he going to be leaving behind? Because what he builds in the time that he has is astounding. Mm -hmm. To think that it'll all be gone in 200 days weighs on you as you read this book. So, wow. yeah, it's cool. it's serious stuff. It's really good. Well, at that page count, that's two years worth of regular comics. Yeah. That's yeah. a two-year story arc, so that's mm -hmm. some deep stuff you can get there. And um, I'm sorry, one more thing. Yeah, to, yeah. to their credit, uh, we mentioned them during our year-end awards um, when talking about publishers. This is yet another phenomenal book from First Second. Oh. So, I mean, they're killing it with, mm. with all of their, you know, the undertaking of Lily Chen. Um, oh, why is it the... The book that was so super important that Stephanie talked in about. In real life. In real yes. life. Yeah. I'm sorry. Aurora um, West. 
Yes, Aurora West. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're just they're just pumping out like graphic novel after graphic novel mm. of just really quality stuff. And I mean, this is this is one of the best things that I've read from them so far. Cool. So good on them for recognizing super talent and putting it out. Oh. Six weeks into the year, and yeah, we're good to go already. <laughs> one slot filled. Yep. All right, Bob. Okay, I'm going to speak about, and people are going to go, no, he isn't really. <laughs> Avengers 41, Jonathan Hickman, Mike Diodato, and colors by Frank Martin. Now, no. I've, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I've had, I've had a lot no. of fun over the last <laughs> few months, you know, having riffing on this whole time runs out line, which is really, it's kind of been a defense mechanism to, to shield. Months. Yeah, time runs out. Time runs out. I've just about everybody take a shot at this. So far, I should have a, a, a is it a gif or a gif? Or a a gif. Yeah. I should have a gif. I should have a it's gif. It's actually can... pronounced jife, but that's horrible. So everybody says gif. Jife? If it's, 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 it's a fake, GIF. it's an abbreviation. It's gif. Uh, it's an abbreviation. Yeah, it's. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, I read something somewhere. The great thing about you, this. You, you, read, you, you pronounce IPA IPA, okay? So I I'm, not taking, I'm not taking Listen, your, man, uh, your, your I advice. read something on the internet, yeah. and everything on the internet yeah, is yeah, Oh, of course yeah. it is. <laughs> so how do you pronounce that? The guys, this is IPA and, bi- and biopic. I'm not going to. Your, <laughs> I like IPA. <laughs> IPAs are tasty. When you go to the uh, Greek restaurant and get that lamb sandwich in the pita, how do you pronounce it? Pita? Well, no, the, 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 the lamb in, the, in a, in a when, pita when bread with the salt. you think of Greek sandwich, what do you think of? What a gyro? Yes. <laughs> what a gyro? It's, it's hero, actually. Oh, really? It's kind of pronounced mm, with a J. See? So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Jif. Yeah. Jif. Joof. I don't. I don't know if the derivation of GIF is Greek, so I don't know if we can You're really. Probably go it's a lot of peanut butter, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm anyway, sorry, Bob. That's okay. I've been having fun with this because, frankly, it it masks my disappointment at this book from one of my favorite creators and how the storyline just goes. On and on and on with little forward progress and entire issues that have less plot than one page of his old Fantastic Four book. Mm-hmm. So, now, over that said, over the last couple of issues, things have finally begun to pick up. There's some interesting plot twists. Some may, may or may not be red herrings, including the demise of one or two characters we just saw. Oh, man. One of which isn't, maybe, <laughs> yet. Don't spoil anything. I'm trying. Bring it, I'm with, bring tr- it with me to Canada. I am Don't spoil trying it. not to. All right. Now... With the number of remaining universes down to under two dozen, we, we look in here on the ultimate universe, which we know is going to be one of the mm. finalists, so to speak. And we get to see their Reed Richards dealing with Nick Fury, who's trying to rebuild Shield. This Reed Richards is apparently back from the dead and back from being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I, as far as I understand it, I don't, I don't know because yeah. I don't read ultimate yeah. universe stuff. But he's apparently back in Shield's good graces somehow. Okay. Because they kind of need him because this Reed, as our Reed, has watched these incursions. He may or may not have his own plans about mm-hmm. such things. And look, I, again, I've had a lot of fun ranking on this, and it, it's only because his other work has been so great that in comparison, it's very easy to take shots at something. When you look at a declining sports star, he has good years that would be mm-hmm. relate him to anybody else. Like, well, that was a good season. Well, not by that standard. You set the bar as high as he had over the years. All that said, this is a really fine comic book. Prime Jonathan Hickman. Uh, fabulous artwork by Mike Diodato. I never can imagine saying that, considering <laughs> what he did to Wonder Woman 20 years ago. Where his quote was, well, the, the skimpier we make our outfit, the more books we sell, so I'm going for it. 
Is that a real quote? <laughs> yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they sold lots of books. <laughs> I'm sure. It was, it was hideous, but they sold lots of books. No, his, his art, as he's grown, I guess, as a person, as an artist, I mean, it's, it's stunning. Uh, but after too many issues of not much happening, when it finally is happening, now that there's a time constraint, no puns intended, <laughs> as we know we're leading up to something... None of this may make a whole lot of difference once we see what toppings fall off the pizzas when they smash together. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of tuckered out. So even if it's a good issue now, I'm jaded. Help me, somebody. (laughs) I plan on reading it next week. um, Okay, you can help. When you come back, we'll we'll, we'll discuss. (laughs) We will. Anybody else read Avengers 41? I haven't read an issue of Avengers, I think, since like the couple issues after Infinity. And then I stopped stopped reading it. (laughs) I got them all. Sorry. Yeah, so, okay. so I can't help you. Oh I, well, I I will join you, Bob. I totally plan on catching up on it because I I really do want to be there for the end. Um, and I have purchased the Fantastic Four stuff that you've been talking about mm-hmm. for the, the past. The James Robinson stuff. Yeah. yeah, we're coming to the end of that one too. Yep. This is uh, next week's going to be a big catch up week for me. So we'll see what happens. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. That's it. I'm done. All I'm right. I'm done complaining. <laughs> Um, so my uh, book of the week is something when I went to San Francisco, I went to Isotope Comics and as I was checking out, um, the, the owner there, you know, I, I was talking about what we do and, and he was like, oh, maybe you should check out these. So he kind of put a couple of books on the counter and was like, you should check out, explain a couple of them were. And I bought, I think two of like the 10 that he suggested to me. <laughs> and I just ended up, uh, reading one of them this week and it's called Capra. Uh, round one. It was originally a self-published book. I, I think it's uh, M- M- Michelle Fife. I think that's how you're, we're going to say Good this. Um, and it was originally self-published by him and then put out by uh, a very small imprint. I think that's based in uh, here in New York, Bergen Street Books. Um, and now basically what Copper is, is imagine the Suicide Squad uh, if they weren't kind of criminals forced to do this. They're, they're, they're more of just a group of you know, questionable people, questionable heroes, a, a few really stand-up ones, a few questionable ones that get together and kind of work for the government and, and do these missions. They're kind of like the losers or something like that, right? Uh, and when this book starts out, they're on a mission and they get waylaid by this former member of their group. And this former member uses this device that they're transporting, this mystical device that we don't know what it is, to destroy an entire city right in front of them and it's the home city of the leader of the group hmm. um so we go from there and what happens is basically the the, the copra gets blamed for the, the the destruction and they have to go underground to try to figure out who did it to them and, and clear their names or or get revenge e- either one hopefully both is kind of what, what they're hoping for and part of the book is very much a get the band together oceans 11 type feel to it where it's this decimated team going out to these former members of the team who are, are, are scattered to the wind and bringing them back in. Um, there's some very, very uh, unique uh, individuals in this group. And there's also a, a unique character designs, character designs that har- harken back to obviously very popular characters of old, but that have totally different powers. There's multiple dimensions. There's aliens, there's government conspiracies. There's a ton of stuff happening here. And, you know, what I ended up feeling a lot about it is much like when I first read Battling Boy, which it's very tough, I think, initially to set up an entire universe and have it be understandable 
right off the bat, right? You have to do a lot of heavy lifting, and neither Battling Boy or this really has any interest in spending a ton of time going over continuity, the continuity of their universe. Just like, this is the world, and let's go. And uh, you kind of have to read it, and by the time you get to the end of it, you understand the whole breadth of the world. To the point where I want to go back and now reread it, because I, I feel like I'll get more out of the beginning than I did. Mm-hmm. Uh it has the feeling of of something that that is a little rough around the edges a little bit it feels like a first or a first major work you know maybe not the first thing he's written or drawn obviously but something like that so there are edges there there are smooth things that feel like could be smooth in, in another volume apparently there's another volume coming out hmm. uh but the the action is really exciting you end up caring about a lot of these characters uh they all are very distinct personality distinct looks and what's cool about this is you can tell that this was done by someone you know all by themselves because even though it's reproduced you can see the like this was like the paper that they drew it on like that's almost what it looks like right Mm -hmm. um it has that very that kind of style to it and it's it's great art it's very detailed very european very european yes very he might be french i I don't know Mm. um his name is michel so i'm figuring he he may be uh but really cool story it plays on classic superhero tropes but also does new stuff and and does some weird stuff and it's got a little bit of ultra violence but but not Mm. too much it's got a good mix um and i i found that it whenever it get into one of its action scenes I would be completely caught up. You know, I would be completely invested in what was happening. I would feel the excitement and, and the dynamism of the art. I would feel like almost like it was in motion. Um, really, really great stuff there. Uh, cool story. Uh, you know, cool idea. Just something that I think that more people should read if they're into kind of off kilter superhero stuff. You know, like if you, if you're, if you like those kind of ragtag stories, I, I think it, it really works. Uh, you know, like Ocean's Eleven meets Suicide Squad, I think is the best kind of yeah. way you, you could talk about it. But really, really great. You know, I, I picked it up because it looked interesting. I wasn't sure what I was going to think. Read it this week and, and really loved it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. yeah. I've, had, um, I've had somebody suggest that to me before yeah. going inside of a comic shop. And um, the, the colors specifically, I mean, the art for it is wonderful, but these colors are just ridiculously bold and, and cool looking. It looks like... Uh, like watercolors meets mm-hmm. pastel almost. Yeah, and he did it all, all, all. It's all done by the same guy. Michelle Fife does everything in it. It's gorgeous. So from from uh, front to back, and yeah, there's a there's a there's a round two coming out pretty soon, and I'm interested, really interested to check it out. It's a ton of fun. I'm very interested. It looks super weird. Yeah, I like, it's, I like it weird. is yeah. super weird and and super fun. Yeah. So yeah, that's Capra round one. Uh, Michelle Fife. All right. So I talked about. Copper has a book that at the beginning I wasn't quite sure what was going on. By the end, I knew what I w- what was going on. No oh boy. The book we're going to talk about now, I don't think I could ever say I know exactly what's going on, um, but it's our shared book of the week. It's Nameless by Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham. Stephanie, you assigned this book. It was your choice. So why don't you uh, why don't you explain what it's about? Oh, just because I made notes this week. <laughs> <laughs> there are no notes that will explain this book. I just snapped something. Whoopsies. Um, the first note here, uh, I'm going to read my official uh, synopsis, which is, this book hurt my brain. Um, and then my next note says, it's like if Inception starred Matthew Gray Goobler from Criminal Minds, but with an eidetic memory. Wait, he has an eidetic memory. That's why I used that character. 
Um, yep. Wow, this story was really dense. <laughs> These are all actual notes that I took when I was reading this book because, oh my god, what even happened? <laughs> I just—that's a good question. I mean, it, it really wanna, is. Do like, you want me to take a stab at yeah. it? Yeah, it's—it's like one seventy's done. Lock yeah. and key Inception. <laughs> uh, Steve, what, what's what's your what, what's your plot synopsis of Nameless? All right, look what <laughs> what I what I got from this book is that there's this dude who is nameless, um, nameless, yeah, and um, he is, I guess, like a um, like a dream thief of of sorts that he's able to um, dive into um, the consciousnesses of other people's dreams and extract things from them. And what he's chosen to do is he's gone after this key that belongs to this woman who um, it's basically something, something that you don't do a group of people you do not mess with. And as the result of stealing this key, he gets caught up in this kind of um, he gets recruited from these people. They say, if you can do this, then you're obviously capable of doing this job that we have for you. And he finds out that pretty much the world is going to end and they need him to go, to go and infiltrate, uh, I guess the dreamscapes of the people responsible to try and get everybody out of this Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. That's what I got from it. I think that's a very good synopsis. Yes. Of (laughs) of the story. Swish. (laughs) Uh, I got you Grant Morrison. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but Stephanie, I want to go back to you now that we have a general plot synopsis. Yes. What did you think uh, of Nameless Number One? It was heavy. Um, yes, the, it was heavily heavy. I mean, I know it's a miniseries, <laughs> six issues. Um, Grant Morrison isn't exactly known for his simple mind. Um, <laughs> I thought it was an ambitious first issue. Um, we talked a lot last week, obviously, about Jonathan Hickman. Uh, and his world building uh, and in the dying and the dead where we expected it to be uh, vast, but it actually wound up being pretty um, easy to digest. And this is more or less what I expected from the dying and the dead. Uh, (laughs) Just a lot of content shoved into um, one issue and (laughs) no real explanations because it's issue number one. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's Grant Morrison, so it, it's probably all going to pay off. But it was really hard to just kind of like it. If you didn't read this through at least three times, there's a good chance that like you've already forgotten that you actually read it because I don't think our minds can actually hold that much information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was the art at least. Um, was phenomenal, and I thought Nathan Fairbairn's cover or colors, sorry, were excellent. Uh, they worked really, really well with uh, Burnham's art. Um, I just wish I knew what it all meant. <laughs> Bob, what did you well, think? I have my own sort of equation. Mm-hmm. It's sort of H.P. Lovecraft plus John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness plus Ghosted Inception Lock and Key with some dead and dying thrown in over the top, like MSG and <laughs> That's Chinese quite the soup. food. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, I found it derivative 
of all sorts of things and yet innovative and interesting mm-hmm. at once. So uh, you can't stop reading. You mm-hmm. want to keep going and then start again because what Stephanie says, what just happened exactly? Mm-hmm. Thing is, Steph, I'm not sure that we'll even know when it's done. Yeah, maybe not. There's ne- that's never a guarantee. No, you may <laughs> have to buy the guidebook that comes out by some other author <laughs> 10 years ago. Now, here's what Nameless really was. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, art was stunning, you know, horrible in parts, action-packed, uh, very good sense of otherness when you're in those the dreamscapes. Yeah. Lead is it, really interesting, you know, typical grizzled vet kind of thing, which I, I really do like. Sort of like the colonel in Dying in the Dead. Mm. So maybe they meet up somewhere down the road, so both <laughs> image books. And here's a secret we're going to find out, I think. And that's going to pay off, who knows, when, four issues in. Mm-hmm. Next to last issue, it'll be big surprise. Love that it starts in the middle. That mm-hmm. in me to res kind of thing, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. So I've got the funny feeling that this is better as a trade, mm-hmm. only in the sense that you'll be able to not get a headache six times, but just once, yeah. <laughs> trying to figure it out. I'm glad we read it. Glad we picked this one, Steph. Good, good job. You're welcome. Hmm. Um. So, oh, Steve, what did you think of it? You explained it. What did you think of it? <laughs> um, I thought it was cool. I didn't. I didn't love it, but I thought that it was interesting. I mean, I've only read a handful of Morrison stuff. Um, particularly his Batman uh, runs and whatnot. Um, I thought the art was really cool. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Frank Quietly. Yeah. Well, they're very similar. I mean, you know, because Chris Burnham was who. Grant Morrison brought in to replace quietly on Batman Incorporated. Okay. Because of their styles being being similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me, it's funny, everybody's like coming up with their own little like soup analogy yeah, of the yeah. ingredients for this thing. And um it reminded me a little bit of like the outer limits meets Tales from the Dark Side, um, with a sprinkling of like an even more grizzled Corbin Dallas <laughs> from the fifth element mm-hmm. thrown in there with the whole um, you know, you're you're a veteran of these types of situations. We're calling you in to deal with this like magnanimous threat that is is coming down on us, and we think that you could possibly be the only one that can resolve it. Um, so in that regard, uh, I think that the the story itself of what I what I gathered from it is exciting. And I I mean my my whole deal is bizarre things. Like I like bizarre, and when you've got you know women with parasites uh, over their faces that are using their consciousness to weave, you know, a dream world of lies and and all of these things. I mean, that's stuff that I can really chew on. And I love books that I, when I walk away from it, I'm still thinking about it. And knowing that we were going to, you know, be talking about it, I really put my myself into it so that I would actually have, be able to bring something to the table. Um, I'm definitely interested I just one the th- one thing that I'm afraid of, and this was I was afraid of this before I even picked this up, was that Morrison is the kind of writer, at least for me, that being a month out from the story is going to hurt the pacing for me and is going to hurt my understanding of the story. I love supporting stories by buying single issues that I'm enjoying, but like Bob had said, this might be more of a trade read for me just because of the density of it. Mm. And, you know, there are times when wonderful things come out that if they're going to be four, six, five issues, that it's, you know, technically a mini story of sorts, that I would much rather it be like a Grant Morrison Presents event where they come out with this, you know, twenty nine ninety nine hardcover of this crazy ass story called Nameless. Check it out. It being monthly, 
I feel like being away from it is going to, I can see myself, if, I, if I'm reading this, that I'm going to not read it. I'll pick up the issues, but like I'll read two and I'll be like, yeah, this I remember this being cool. And then it'll be six before I read the whole thing again. And then I'll find that I've just spent a bunch of money on single issues that I could have just bought the collection. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if I'm being totally yeah. honest. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, you know, for me, obviously I talk about all the time. Grant Morrison is probably my favorite comic book writer. Um, but when he's writing stuff like this, unencumbered, uh, I use that in quotes, by the superhero genre, which means he's not really following any rules anymore. Uh, not that he always follows the rules doing that <laughs> stuff either, but I always find the first time I read it, I'm... It's like I'm beating my head against the plot. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to force myself to understand what's happening. And it's not until the second time I read it that I really start to enjoy like what I'm reading because I'm no longer trying so hard. I'm mm-hmm. just more experiencing the story. And the same thing happened with Nameless. I read it the first time. And one of the things I think, because I think if you took the events that happened in the book and just put them on a piece of paper and read them to somebody, yeah. they'd be like, that's not confusing. Like what, what? What's confusing about that? It just it sounds like these other stories that, that I've heard before. But what Grant Morrison does, and, and this is something that you see a lot in, in surrealist cinema and stuff like that, which is he puts the two two images together that are supposed to be sequential that are completely disparate, right? Where you're like, at one moment he's in a cave, and the next moment he's waking up in his bed. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, and your brain is trying to your brain knows that the way it's laid out, it's supposed to be this happened right after this. Like that's what it's supposed to to yeah. be and then you're so your brain is trying to resolve it and you can't because it's not a sequential image it's it, it's completely playing against what what, you, what you're expecting right. right and he does a using the dream kind of conceit he does it throughout the entire book so you're going from one situation to another situation similar framing but completely changed mm-hmm. situation right completely yeah. changed environment or, around him and those things are jarring um and i found it jarring as well um, you know, I, I think for me, I, I always think about stuff like this is that I'm going to need to read. I enjoyed the issue. I'm fascinated by what it means and what's going to happen. Yeah, certainly. So I'm going to have to read a couple issues to get, to get the answers I'm looking for. It's kind of like when we talked about pretty deadly, when it first came sure. out, there was that mm-hmm. second issue. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And then you read three and four and all of a sudden everything in two makes sense. It clicks, you know? So th- yeah. that's what I feel like is still going to hopefully be here as well. Um, you know, there, there's a thing at the beginning, right, where he, the opening scene where he's talking about the, you see the guy, the, the, the astronomer who killed his, his family, mm-hmm. and then you see the other guy who killed his family, and written on the wall in blood and is, is a phrase, and the guy's screaming a phrase when he gets pulled out of the house. And this is, this is how crazy Grant Morrison is, all right? Um, the words are from uh, Enochian, which is the language recorded in the journal of Elizabethan occultist John Dee, who claimed it was the language of angels. Yeah. <laughs> It's insane. It's utterly I've, insane. I've, I've, I've heard that's been used in a, in a couple of other things in yeah. the past. Yeah, it's really cool. Utterly insane. And I, I think it's it's just great. Translate it means, to, uh, again, it's, this is a just straight translation. It's to be where shall be is not cannot be. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, but I, I thought the art was great. I love Chris Burnham's art. Um, I loved it in Batman Incorporated, and I love it here. You know, it does have that Frank Quietly nature to it a lot. That like the, the the lines and like the scrunch, the scrunchiness of the faces, like those the faces when they almost look like they're made of like balls. You know, like, the features are are highly detailed. Yes, you know, whereas with people like sneering, you can see the creases of the nose and the mouth. It really, I mean, the story kind of reminded me. We have here on Long Island, we have this town called Northport, 
and there's this little um, bookshop that's in there. And usually if you're walking around, they sell them for like a dollar. They have like a box outside of the shop where it's just a whole bunch of pulp uh, sci-fi novels of like no namers that, or maybe, maybe they are names. I don't know. It's not like Asimov and stuff like mm. that. Um, but like, it reminds me of something that you would pick up from that box. And it's just this really, really wacky, you know, conceptualized world of dreams within dreams and fish people mm. and, you know, dire consequences and a race against time in a world that isn't our world, but could be. So. Right. Yeah. I, I think that one of the things, too, about the the language of angels that I that I begin to suspect because of the the nature of the story is are, are we going to see some sort of rapture situation mm-hmm. you know is it intimating that there's some sort of like divine or heavenly or satanic presence go- going uh, to take that, out that the world side, yeah, yeah. yeah but i i feel like that is possible you know the, and and i think that laying those seeds is what interests me about the story we're going to see as, as more of the, the the thing that's coming is uncovered and the light starts to hit it we're going to see rains and at the top of this thing it's just going to be an angel riding it like the bomb <laughs> yeah in, uh, dr strange love yeah yeah <laughs> Um, using very foul language. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, Stephanie, do you have anything else you want to say about Nameless? No. <laughs> Bob, do you have any other notes you wanted to cover? No? No, we're no, all good? We're, yeah. All right, let's turn to our listeners who, who tweeted us with the hashtag TC Book of the Week, TCBOTW. Uh, this is Sammy Cassell, says, not sure that I like Nameless on the surface. It looks like just throwing a bunch of sci-fi tropes together, and I don't know if it, if it did near enough to get me to buy issue number two. Might give it one more read, but I loved the art. Um, Ryan Carroll said, I had only a loose grasp of what was happening, but I really enjoyed it. Um, you and the rest of the world. <laughs> uh, Neil Curtis says largely, largely uninspiring. Sadly, bored of westernized Crowley-esque Kabbalah in comics. Ooh. Um, Simon Davies at Batfons says good multi-layered Morrison migraine candy. Burnham having fun as usual after several reads. We have no idea where it's going. Um, this is Jason Snyder, who is at Spidey seventy eight. Says nameless number one has bizarre storylines intermingled with hauntingly complex imagery and an. Er- an in an unearthly amalgam, I'm blissfully perplexed. That w- might have been the most well-written tweet in the history of tweets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna say, um, was that tweet before from somebody named Batfons? Yeah, yeah, that's a, one of the, my favorite names. He wrote in not too long ago, right? <laughs> I love that name. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great name. So good. Um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liberal Bastion said I did not like it. it seemed like John Constantine in space. Um, uh, and then yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, then Chris Burnham tweeted and oh, said, shit. "I like it because it's John Constantine in space." Oh, nice, <laughs> the big smiley face. Um, That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Martin Ramos, who's at uh, Dig Art, says, "Yes, I loved it. Always up for a mystical sci-fi Armageddon story." Uh, also, being a fan of Grant Morrison, I'm pretty sure there are many more plots to be revealed and twisted. Probably. Um, so thank definitely. Yes, definitely. 100%. So thank you guys very much for writing in um, and, and interacting with us. Remember, hashtag um, TCBOTW if you want to get in on the discussion for our book of the week. And next week's book of the week is going to be... Princeless, the Pirate Princess by Jeremy Whitley and Rosie Higgins. I have this! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. So yeah, that will be our, our book of the week. So if you guys want to take a read at that, um, it'll be we'll put it in the, the post so you can see that it's there and check it out. And there will be a review of the book from our own uh, Nikki Alfaro coming oh, later cool. in the week. Oh. I like her. Nikki, is, Nikki I like Nikki yeah. as well. She's awesome. She's a 
She's a very good Comics and Coffee co-host. She's been doing a great job. And she's she has. good she's been people a, in general. She is. She's mm-hmm. very, very good people. Um, all right, so that's going to end our, our first half of our show. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the end of the DC New 52, A-Force, and Spider-Man joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because nothing better happened. Right, we are back, and we're here to discuss the bevy of news that happened over the past week. Mm. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kick off with the the non comic book related news, so we can end talking about actual comics. But we'll talk about the biggest news, the thing that broke just, I guess, Monday night. Now, if you're listening to this on a Wednesday, um, at about eleven thirty Eastern time, eight thirty Pacific time, uh, news broke that. Marvel, Marvel, Disney, and Sony had worked out a deal for uh, Spider-Man to once again appear um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or for the first time appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, there's a lot of details, and I want to just run run them over real quick before we kind of get into our discussions about it, because um, the deal is not as um, on its face as Marvel now has Spider-Man back. It's actually not really that at all. Um, so, and some more details have actually come out today that, uh, that yeah, have, a couple of people are now off that have, that have, that have you know, expanded what's going on. So the deal is this, that Spider-Man will appear in an MCU movie first. And then, um, on July 28th, 2017, um, in a film produced by Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal, who is the former head of Sony, now the former head of Sony, mm-hmm. um, and will be financed, promoted, marketed, everything by Sony. Sony also con- retains final say on creative matters f- for the series. Um, what, is, what has come out today, in addition to that, is that Marvel didn't pay a cent to have... Wow. Spider-Man in their movies, mm-hmm. but they're also not going to make any money off of the, off of the um, Sony produced Spider-Man movie. Kevin Feige isn't getting paid to produce the Spider-Man movie. Um, all, it, 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 it's, it's a pure exchange of, uh, of really letting a character be in one thing and, and, and in the other. And Sony won't see any money from whatever Spider-Man does in any of the Marvel cinematic universe movies. So this, this could lead to a, a you know, a relationship where, Possibly, there's rumor now that Disney might end up buying Sony Pictures outright because Sony might shed them. Um, But that's obviously more rumors on top of the facts that we have. Do they buy Fox too? Uh, No, I don't think (laughs) I don't think Fox is going anywhere. Um, So that that's basically the 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 nuts and bolts of what happened with spider-man spider-man can now appear in any of the mcu movies we don't know what what the what the range limitations are in that they didn't say only that he will appear first before his solo movie in a marvel cinematic universe movie which is rumored to obviously be captain america civil war Mm -hmm. which we've been hearing about for a while now through the sony leaks pretty much what was being leaked through sony the sony leaks came to fruition now um and so that that's happening there uh, what this does is, uh, you know, who knows what the, what, the, what the background deals are because Marvel isn't producing, Marvel isn't spending any of their resources apparently um, to make Spider-Man except for possibly um, writers, you know, Feige's time. Um, 
whatever the deal was for putting the for getting Spider-Man to be in the MCU, it obviously meant that that they gave up that date for the, the Sony Spider-Man movie, and that pushed back our entire slate about six to eight months. So it's coming out on the day Thor was supposed to come out. Thor is pushed in November. The movie in November, which is supposed to be um, Black Panther, Black Panther is is now pushed past Captain Marvel in humans. Mm-hmm. The only thing not moving is the the Avengers Infinity War movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything post uh civil war is going to be shifted um so so th- th- that's the nuts and bolts of what's going on we know that andrew garfield is out we know that mark webb is out for, uh, on spider-man we have no idea who is going to be cast as spider-man we also have no idea what the story is going to be how they're going to deal with the character i doubt there'll be another origin story let's but, hope not but so th- th- that's the nut and bolt breath tax of w- what is happening so it- it's to be clear, it's Marvel did not get Spider-Man back. They don't own they don't own the film rights to it. They're kind of in a lease agreement with with, with Sony Pictures at this point. But Marvel does control all of the licensing for the Spider-Man movies, so they control all that money that comes in for that. Um, mm-hmm. Which is general deal anyway, because they 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 own it for the Fantastic Four and for mm-hmm. X-Men as well. Which is why you didn't see any Days of Future Past toys uh, <laughs> over over the past year. Uh, so that's the deal. What's going on? Now we will react to to this news. <laughs> Bob, lay, lay it on me. Okay, I think we're going to see better Spider-Man movies. First of all, with Marvel's umbrella reaching over there and making sure that it it's handled properly with respect. Not quite. It, it's still on its own, but it's going to have to feed backwards into the Marvel universe because mm-hmm. the character is going to appear. That enriches the new york city of the avengers and daredevil and everybody else that that is going to be around because well spider-man's home is new york as everyone else says i think it's a positive all around there are interesting issues to see as you're saying moving forward will there be an origin who do you cast how does this all work who directs this thing where are we headed i think we're heading all into the positive i really don't see much to be negative about so what the heck let's Guys, I think we should just end talking happens. comics right now. Bob just said the words, <laughs> I don't see much to be negative about. <laughs> I, think, I think it's over. Um, but we need a little negativity. So, Stephanie. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I follow you on Twitter. I, I have a general idea of your opinion, but I, I, I do want to hear. I want to hear what your take is on all of this. Um, I think it's good that Marvel at least has some... Um, control over spider-man again i think that um that leads with potential for better spidey things whether that's more movies or whatever um and that's good you know he can have cameos in all of the other movies and all kinds of fun spidey stuff um with that being said I have seen five live-action Spider-Man movies. Five. I do not need more Spider-Man right now. I know everyone is, like, super excited that this is happening. And it is really exciting news. But the fact that they're pushing back the other things that people are excited about just kind of irks me. Um, And I know it's not that big of a pushback. You know, I think... Captain Marvel was pushed back from, like, July till November or something. Yeah, that is what it was, yeah. But, like, just, why? 
I, I understand why you would push it back, I guess, like on a financial and kind of um, as a higher up. But I personally am more excited to see Captain Marvel make her first appearance in uh, on the big screen. I want to see Black Panther on the big screen. Do I want to see Spider-Man at Marvel? Sure, but not before these two. Like, that's cool, but eh, why don't you push back <laughs> Spider-Man making an appearance in something and bump up Captain Marvel? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? No. And, you know, it'd be, I, I would really also love for them to do something like, oh, we have the rights to Spider-Man. You want to know what we're going to do? You know how you want to know why we're not going to we're, we're pushing back diversity at Marvel because it's going to be Miles Morales. But that is not going to happen. Let's be real. No, it, no, they've it's, they've already said it's going to be Peter Parker. Yeah. Um at least for mm-hmm. his whatever his first appearance is, is going to be. I think it would be very difficult to introduce Miles without first establishing Peter Parker. Oh, because none of us know Miles, some Peter sort of handoff. Is. Yeah. No, everyone knows who Peter Parker is. But I think what Steve is saying is that nobody know, not all people know who Miles Morales is. So you know, to to introduce Miles, you have to introduce My- him in a world because I mean that's how Miles is introduced in the comics. Yeah, right? Miles yeah. exists because of, of Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. Yeah, exactly. So um, there has to be some sort of handoff. Yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Still, um, My- yeah, the news, in, the news in general, Steve. Oh well, I, I was Stephanie Don. Oh, sorry, Steph. Yeah, no, I'm good. I just, I, it's good and bad. Like I wish that they could be bringing us cool Spider-Man stuff without delaying um, the things that we haven't seen before that I think are just as exciting, if not more exciting. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah, absolutely. I, no, yeah. I do agree with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am. I'm very much in the same camp uh, as Steph. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still even like, even with you, with Bobby, with you laying it out um, the way that you did, like, I'm still a little, muddy on on exactly what all of that means um i find myself i'm i'm excited but i'm not nearly as excited as i would have expected to be like we've been this has been a rumor for a while so it's one of those things where something we thought was going to happen was confirmed and even if the confirmation is exciting the result of that confirmation is that certain things that i wanted that i do not even wanted but want more are being pushed back and like steph said i know it's not that much of a push and it's not going to be that long before i get those things but just from a personal perspective those things at this point in time having those things mean more to me than having spider-man in in a movie again i understand that he's a very vital part of civil war um i'm excited to see that i've never read civil war i i'm, I'm looking forward to it i've heard very mixed things about whether or not it's a good story um, but that he's a very vital part of it. I would love, like everybody, a lot of people are talking about the Miles Morales thing. I am 110% behind that. But I I don't see them doing that right away. Because I think if you want to talk about setting the internet on fire and backlash and all kinds of things, and if, if we just got Peter Parker into the MCU and then you took that away from people, I, I I think people would flip out. Yeah, I think so too, but I don't think they care about that. They no. don't care about people flipping out. All right. Um, they wouldn't do half the things they would do if they gave a crap about people <laughs> yeah. flipping out. Um, I think that it's it's it spells major potential, uh, even more potential for movies that I assumed were already going to be excellent, that adding Spider-Man to the mix 
is going to have perhaps introduce a little bit more comedy, a little bit more heart, um, possibly introducing a character that could be something, even though some of the movies they're, they're peppered with humor, you'll have a character that is very heart and humor based mixed in. I think that he'll be a good addition to kind of lighten things up. We've seen trailers for age of Ultron and it looks like a very dark Avengers world. I think that by introducing Spider-Man, we could get, you know, a little bit of that brightness back in that universe. Um, and I mean, Disney and Marvel have been doing amazing things with these characters. I could only imagine what they have planned and have not told us. They might not even have anything planned yet because they just acquired this thing. And now they've got like a bunch of people sitting around thinking about it. Like, what could we do that's going to blow everybody's minds? So in that in that respect, I'm very, very, very excited for it. I just really I have I have so much more of a passion for seeing characters like Black Panther and especially Captain Marvel up on the big screen more so than Spider-Man. Uh, absolutely. Um, but I, I think that, look, I, I agree with you. We've seen five Spider-Man movies, and I, if if this was going to be another Spider-Man movie like the five that we've seen, then um, I would be grumpy. Right? Oh, I don't think it's going to be that at no, all. No, and this yeah. is this is the thing where I, this is my opinion on, on 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 the news. First of all, I read the news and I was incredibly excited. I, I think that mm-hmm. it can't be understated. This isn't just another comic book character, right? This this is Marvel's Mickey Mouse. This is the character that they've reportedly when Disney bought Marvel, they gave a blank check and they said, "Get Spider-Man back." You know, mm-hmm. and apparently they've offered billions of dollars to Sony in the past to give them Spider-Man back, and it never happened. We have this deal, which seems to me it's a little bit jerry-rigged. All I can believe is that Sony said, "Look, if you want to use Spider-Man in your movies, you have to make sure we get a good movie that comes out on this date," and that forced Marvel to push their stuff. That that that's all I can imagine what they did. That's that that is my that is my my belief for the, the back end dealings of, of that thing. Now, but here, here's the thing: if you're telling me that that Sony still has like creative say over, they do. Over, okay, they still own the characters' film rights. Okay, so but so then how is this different from Sony just making another? Because Marvel is gonna ha- is going to they're basically Marvel is going to be creating the movie. They're going to be most likely picking writers, picking directors, mm-hmm. just final say over casting decisions, over final creative decisions. If there's any any like discrepancies, goes to Sony. Um, but Sony has no no control over what Spider-Man is in Marvel's movies. Sony would not have gone to this deal. This is what happened with Sony. Shit, we don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. Can you guys who make really good movies come here and make us a movie? That that's what happened here. Because um, I see them like they're trying to hold on to something, but I see them sitting at the table going like, "Yeah, do that." Yeah. No, exactly. I I think that I I, I think Marvel. I honestly don't think Marvel cares much about the so- the single the solo movie. Mm-hmm. I think they want Spider-Man to be in their group movies. I think Infinity War is the end game here. You know, I think that's the end game here. Um, they want him in there. They want to be able to show that. That's the end game. But the start game of all this, do not underestimate for one second how much Marvel wants to crush Batman versus Superman with with oh, with, with Captain America. You know, they they made Cap- they 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 forced Batman Superman to change their date. You know. They they cast Iron Man. They they they, they cast Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Now they have they probably have Spider Man in it. They're gunning. Yeah. They want they want the end of the box office season to read. We beat the movie called Batman versus Superman with our movie called Captain America: Civil War. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They're, don't there is some amount of you know 
ego involved here. Oh, yeah. On top of a whole buttload of money, obviously, that they're yeah. looking to make. Um, for me, look, I, I think the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, the first two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's third, qualify that. Yeah. Uh, the first two had their time and had their place. I still think the second one especially is still a good movie. Is it a as good a comic book movie in the context of what we have now? I don't think so, right? It, it, the world has just changed too much. We, we, that movie was still... It, it was embracing, but still running away in, 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 other, in other ways. Mm-hmm. And it, Tobey Maguire always got the, the kind of conflicted side of Peter perfectly, but never got that other side of Peter down, that, 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 the, the fun part of Peter mm-hmm. down at all. I, I think Andrew Garfield is definitely a step up in, in that department, but I always felt like Andrew Garfield was a little bit cocksure of himself. You know, it, more than I picture Peter being. Yeah. So somewhere in between those two is is, is the Peter Parker I, I am excited to see. The rumor is they're going to cast him young. That it's going to be a, a, a high school kid. Mm-hmm. Um, no origin story. These are all rumors, obviously. That you it's, could do it in the credit sequence. It's going to be like the Incredible Hulk, where it's like this happened. You know, you know it happened. Well, let's just move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see that. I think that if you get a young Peter with that attitude. And you stick him in this room with these these you know Avengers who are 30s, 40s, 50s. By the time we get to the Robert Downey Jr. stuff, I think there's comedy gold to be had there. I think there's dramatic gold to be had there. There's a heart that he can bring to the to the world that I don't think has existed yet. Um, that being said, I am much more excited to see him in these other movies than I am excited for this solo movie that's going to come out. Yeah. Um, mostly because we have no idea what it's going to be. The fact that Sony still has control over it bothers me. Um, and look, I, I'm in the same camp. Like I, I am more excited about things I haven't seen than things that I that I have seen. Absolutely. Um. So, uh, you know, I want Black Panther and I want Captain Marvel really badly. Yeah. Um. For me, you know, I I'm not. I don't get too upset about it because it's like six months. You know, sometimes less than that. So I'm not getting too upset about it because they, they didn't cancel them, right? Right. Um. And if if it, if they had to push movies, if they push Thor and Captain Marvel and Black Panther and Inhumans a couple of months to then be able to use Spider-Man whenever they want, I'll, I'll personally, for me, I'll take that trade. Mm-hmm. Any, any day of the week, I'll take that trade. Because we've never really seen, I think, a true Spider-Man on screen before, and I think yeah. this is the chance. I mean, yeah. I mean, my preference to see those other movies first has nothing to do with my love for the character. No, I, we I really love the character. Um, do you think that there's any? This is for everybody. Do you guys think that there's any chance that we'll see a Miles Morales movie? Not until you at least get one Peter movie. Because I, I got a plan. I, I, I think the, the only possible <laughs> scenario I see is he's in Civil War. He gets unmasked in Civil War, and he's forced to, you know, mm-hmm. change what he's doing. He's forced to go into hiding. I don't think they're going to kill him. Right. But uh, you know, he's forced to give up, maybe give up being Spider-Man, and that might be a way you get Miles Morales involved. Now, you might not know the answer to this, but is Miles Morales is that under the control of Marvel? No. Anything Spider-Man is under the control of Sony. They they own How did they rights. get that in the first place? Well, Marvel it's The deal that goes back to James Cameron being So involved. this is before like 20 years Marvel ago. Had, like, oh, Disney way before. This is when Marvel themselves. was Marvel was in dire straits for a while. They mm. sold off That's why they sold off the rights to all their movies cuz they right. needed operating budget <laughs> to, oh. to you know to make to make their company run. I think it would be awesome to maybe like plant the seed of Miles Morales in one of the other movies, like have him be um, not a not a side plot, not to not to diminish the character in any way, shape, or form. But I would absolutely love to see like they've been trying to get Venom into the movies. 
I would love to see like an origin style Miles Morales movie that led into the Venom Wars, which was like I think the second arc in in his evolution as a character. Because that stuff you've got it all in there. The the family drama, huge like larger than life villain and growth of character and and all of that stuff. I would love to see that on the big screen. I think that would be amazing. So, so Stephanie, it, I. You're not super psyched about it because of the uh, the, the shift in the schedule, but for us, what would you want to see in a Spider-Man movie? Like, what would you want to see, or as Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe, what do you want to see from that character? I don't. I mean, I've seen so much Peter Parker stuff, and it's cool. Like, fine, have him. I, I would prefer to see him as a part of things, like in the Avengers or, uh, you know, Sure, so let's say that in the Avengers, in something, but yeah. So in that universe, how do you want to see him portrayed? Is what I'm what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan to begin with. Like, I mean, I like, I like the movies. I like various comics, but I haven't read everything. And I, I don't know. Like, the closest that I think he has come to be properly portrayed is kind of the Andrew Garfield way. I mean, there's obviously pros and cons to um, that specific portrayal. But I think Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield was a really great casting choice. And I think a lot of the way he, uh, his behaviorisms in the movie was very Peter Parker. Um, the movies themselves may not have been particularly Spider-Man-ish. <laughs> Dubstep Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for this. Sorry. There's um, a funny photo going around from, I guess, like a still shot from Age of Ultron trailer. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of a close-up of Thor. And he's, you know, doing his Thor scream. And in the background, there's a window. And there's like just like the littlest hint of a shadow that look, it's like some kind of obstruction mm-hmm. part of the building but it looks like the silhouette of Spider-Man and people are saying that like they've been planning this all along and somebody superimposed the photo to have Spider-Man in the window. It was quite hilarious. Well, do you remember there were set photos of someone who looked like he was wearing a Spider-Man outfit in sort yeah. of like a bathrobe or whatever? Yeah, everybody so, was like, look at the gloves! <laughs> they may have shot something with these negotiations. That they may have gone back months before we ever even heard about the leaks. True. So maybe they look. We're on the set. We'll film it. Worst comes to worst, we don't use it. It's just some generic stuntman mm. in a Spider-Man outfit that could be in the background of a scene. Mm. Well, I mean, and you have to understand. Like, I think things work in a very particular way with companies like Disney, like Sony. These are these are cruise liners, right? These are huge. Mm-hmm. These are like you know, like aircraft carriers. They don't turn on the yeah, on the like drop of a hat. Sports cars, right? You know yeah. exactly. Because right. we're used to more like. The, the our side of things like DC and Marvel yes they're owned by giant companies and they make money but compared to their parent companies they're like independent businesses they can switch and change and move around very quickly um, and then the smaller companies even faster than that Disney and, and Sony do not move like that they we're talking about billions and billions of, of proposed dollars you know in future revenue if not in money exchanged so no, this was there was a, there was some sort of plan for this all along. What what what's going to happen? We don't know, right? Um, but and I, I will say this too: 
never, ever, ever get into a fight with somebody defending a billion dollar conglomerate company. It just, it's, it's pointless. Mm-hmm. They don't care about you. They don't. They don't care yeah. about what you want, what you love, what you like. They just care about making money. So it's very true. You know, I, I, I debating the merits of the movies and stuff. I think is great, but defending a, a company, I think, is ridiculous because mm-hmm. it, it just. It, I have no defense over what you know. Marvel has put out too many movies that feature white males as their leads. Too many of them. And there's not a defense for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that they pushed back movies that did not feature my, uh, white male leads in, in favor of one, mm-hmm. I, I, I can see it being, being pissed off about it and people don't want to talk about it. But I said this on Twitter today, I think it's important that we don't divide ourselves mm-hmm. talking about these things. You know, We both want great things. We both want stuff to be good. Mm-hmm. But we end up getting in these horrible fights with each other uh, uh, you know, about, about stuff like this. And it doesn't, doesn't know one any good. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's no one any good. Um, r- remember that everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an opinion that is, you're not right and they're not right. I mean, we're, we're t- talking about in these situations, not in like horrible, shitty people situations. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to say? You know, um, uh, so so th- there, there's room for, th- there's discussion and debate is, is awesome. But I just see something like this, this stuff happens and then it's just like people screaming at each other and I just... Yeah. I don't understand it. I did. It, 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 I mean, it's still on the schedule, and the in, in movie making six months might be just enough time to finish a movie off perfectly. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is the thing too. I said this in the car, Bob, but and this is not the reason they're doing it. So don't maybe, don't take it as me yeah. saying, oh, they're doing it for the good of the creatives. But if you're working on Thor, if you're working on Captain Marvel, if you're working on Black Panther, if you're working on any big big blockbuster movie, and they tell you. You have six more months to finish what you're what you're trying to finish. That's 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 a blessing to people, Gold. not a curse. You know that the, I would rather a movie. This is a whole other discussion because Marvel and Marvel and DC announced the release dates for like twenty years. Yeah, yeah, with no thought to this. We're, we're now yeah, discussing exactly. But. Like I would rather see a movie come out when it's supposed to come out and not hit a release date. Right, you know, um, that, 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 this is a whole different discussion than what we're talking about here. Well, it's like that's, a it's like a game being pushed. Yeah, that's that's buggy, and you know, you don't want to put a broken game out, yeah. so you you push it back by several months so that you can fix all of that stuff before it's released. I mean, me, you know, the my griping about the push is just me being cranky. Like the the at the end of the day when I go to bed, I'm going to bed with the idea that Spider Man now has the opportunity to be in a series of movies that I've loved for the last several years and will most likely continue to love as they go forward. So that's super exciting. It is. And absolutely. I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Stephanie, do you want to, do you have anything else you want to close out with this for, with this? Spada Gwen for life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sp- speaking of that stuff too, all those like side movies of the Sony had, proposed this inner six movie oh tell me i'm getting my aunt may movie the please. nebulous female spider-man movie uh. which might or not may or not may not be secret asian aunt may movie um have all been not canceled but have all been delayed oh come on come back to the drawing board so that's just something another piece of the news <laughs> everything that's happened all right so sony announced them as trial balloons see yeah. if anyone was interested <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll go there we're gonna have a female character we don't own any but we're gonna have one yeah great <laughs> um all right so Let's talk about some DC news. Big yeah. time news. So I woke up on Friday morning um, at about 7 o'clock. And for those of you don't know, I do comics and coffee at 9 live. 
And Nikki and I had planned out like, a couple topics to talk about. It was like kind of a slow week. I, I wake up and my phone is like, I have like a, a million notifications on my phone. And I open it up and uh, to learn that DC has decided to end the new 52. Um, in name, I don't know if it means an actual function. We don't really know yet, but they've 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 jettisoned the branding of the new fifty two. Um, they have jettisoned about half of their books and are replacing them with a whole new line of, of titles. This is going to happen post of the post convergence event. Um, so you know we, we we've got about I think what is that happening May and June. Mm-hmm. So after June, then then we'll, we'll, we'll these books will start to exist, um, but. I'm going to run down really quickly the, the books and then we'll go back and we'll talk about which ones we're most excited for. Uh, so we've got Batman Beyond written by Dan Jurgens with art by Bernard Chang. Uh, we have a Batmite six issue limited series written by Dan Jurgens with art by Corin Howell. Bizarro six issue limited written by Heath, Heath uh, Corson with art by Gustavo Durante. Uh, Black Canary written by Brendan Fletcher with art by Annie Wu and Irene Ko. Constantine the Hellblazer, written by Ming Doyle with art by Riley Rossimo. Cyborg, written by David Walker with art by Ivan Rice. Dark Universe, written by James Tinney IV with art by Ming Doyle. Green Lantern Lost Army, written by Cullen Bunn with art by Jesus Saez and Javi Pina. Uh, Doomed by Scott Lobdell with art by Javier Fernandez. Earth 2 Society, written by Daniel Wilson with art by Jorge Jimenez. Dr. Fate, written by Paul Levitz with art by Sonny Liu. Harley Quinn Power Girl six issue limited series written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor with art by Stephane Stefan 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 I believe Justin Gray is also a part of that Stefan Rue um, he's not creative team not listed no no could have sworn I saw his name no Justice League of America uh, written by Brian Hitch with art by Brian Hitch Justice League three thousand and one um, written by Keith Given with art by Howard Porter Martian Manhunter written by Rob Williams with art by Ben Oliver Midnighter written by Steve Orlando with art by ACO Mystic U, which is a tentative title, I believe, written by Elisa Whit- Whitney. Quitney? Quitney? Uh, no artist named yet. Omega Man. Omega Men, written by Tom King, with art by Alec Morgan. Prez, written by Mark Russell, with art by Ben Caldwell. Red Hood in the Arsenal, uh, with uh, Scott Lobdell, and uh, art by Den- Dennis Medry. Robin, Son of Batman, written and drawn by Patrick Gleason. Section 8, which is written, written by Garth Ennis with art by John McRae. Starfire, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor with art by Emanuela Lupacino. And starring and a little bit more clothes. A little bit more yes. clothes. <laughs> as much clothes as Starfire has ever worn, I think, is pretty much what we can she's go for on that. She's basically living in Canada now, and she's wearing, you know, like yes. full, like, six layers. shirt. <laughs> yes. Um, and We Are Robin, written by Lee Bermejo with art by Kyrie Randolph. Um... And uh, we will uh, we'll go over the books that are returning after this. We'll talk about the books that are new, though, uh, for, for right now. Um, Stephanie, which one are you most excited about? There are so many men. Um, <laughs> wow. Hmm. Well, okay, to be honest, I'm excited for the Black Canary. I was just looking over the list here. But Black Canary uh, with Annie Wu. What? Did you say Irene Ko <laughs> as well? Because she's not actually on the team. It says it in the uh, it, DC has her list. Not, she's not on it. It's a mistake. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I did not um, know that. But, uh, yes, uh, Black Canary in a band by Annie Wu and Brendan Fletcher. Yes, sign me up. I will buy like six issues right now. Like all of number one, six of them to me now. Yep. Cool. 
yes. Also, <laughs> Ming Doyle writing Hellblazer? Also, yes. Also, definitely, yes. I will take those. Six of them. Now. Cool. <laughs> Carry on, everyone. Um... We should say I didn't. I didn't read the the statement when they did it. So uh, DC Comics announced this is from our new story written by Hugh Perry. DC Comics announced that the new Fifty Two initiative will effectively end once the Convergence event hits. Story continuity will remain, but a greater emphasis on storytelling, which will trump continuity, which is a quote from Dan DiDeo, will be the new approach, according to DC Comics, as well as a more inclusive and accessible line of books. Bob, what are you most looking forward to here? Uh, first, I'd like to say I am thrilled to be proven somewhat wrong. Uh, about what they're going to do here. Wasn't so sure this would ever come about or that we'd go back to some of that old-fashioned storytelling if, as we were discussing earlier, if their actions stay true to these words, there's some really good stuff coming and further down the road, there'll be more. And there is certainly, we need to support some of these books. If this diversity, some lightness in character, some difference in storytelling techniques take place here, and it works, as you say, they're a business looking to make money. Yeah. The books make money. They're going to sell to different people than before, increase the market for everyone, and be fun. And, and let's give a shout out to Mark Doyle, who's, I, I think, his little bat initiative over there with Batgirl and Gotham Academy. Gotham Academy might have set some heads rolling in mm. the aisles over there. Like, wait a minute. There are people talking about these books who didn't talk about them before. Uh, I, as with Stephanie, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Black Canary, have been since the 1960s when I first encountered her. So very interested in seeing what Brendan Flesher will do there. I'd love to see some return to, we don't know which Black Canary this is. Is it the one we're seeing in Batgirl? Is it yeah, the Earth so. 2 to Earth 1? I think it's her, um, I, I thought I saw some stuff online about it being a spinoff of um her in the band like where we kind of see um bab seeing her because mm -hmm. there was a bunch of like cameron um stewart and a bunch of other people were talking about like uh the head canon uh who black canary would sound like in a band for this book which was a really fun string of things on twitter but mm -hmm. uh, my point <laughs> being is i think it was implied that it would be kind of a spinoff of Batgirl. Okay. So that's not a problem at all. <laughs> uh, would like to see her run a flower shop again. That's just me. I'm just old-fashioned. I'm intrigued at what Earth 2 society might be. I see those those three words in, in, a, in a pitch, and I'm thinking Justice Society. That it's the number two and not the word two leads me to believe it's these newer characters and not my beloved Justice Society from the 40s, who are going to at least be in a couple of these convergence issues, but I'm willing to give that a shot and see what we have there. Same with Dr. Fate by Paul Levitz, who I just loved what he did with World's Finest before it all went wonky with the art. Of course, the, the two Palmiata Connor books, uh, Harley Quinn, Power Girl, they just did a crossover, which was just so much fun, and seeing Starfire mostly clothed will be fun. I, they have always found a way to have funny sexy without going too far or get too crazy with it there's 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 a line you don't have to cross you can push against it but you don't have to go through it you don't have to make it exploitative and whatever and i think that could be a lot of fun i'm interested in martian manhunter just because i don't think there's been a martian manhunter book for a very long time so mm -hmm. i'm willing to take a shot at that uh mystic you who knows 
Prez was one of the worst comic books of all time back in the 70s, even though it was created by Joe Simon, who created Captain America with Jack Kirby. I think this time around, it's not only a teen president of the United States, it's a female teen president of the United States. Uh, Mark Russell, Ben Colwell, help me out. Who are we dealing with here? This is a Mark Russell, a political humorist, I'm assuming. Um, I don't I don't know. Okay. <laughs> He'd be about 90 at the this The cover point. artwork for that particular title was outstanding. Okay. I'm actually curious about it. Okay. It's almost tank girlish. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that, that look, that has me buying many more DC books than I'm buying now. So I'm, I'm on board to even as they, sh- as they sit there on the pile, <laughs> give some a shot, but there are, you know, a good half dozen that I'm l- Good solid four I'm just buying, and a few others that I, I could be coerced into very easily. What about you, Steve? What are you looking forward to at this pile? I'm looking forward to a lot of these, actually. Um, I am very, very, very excited about this uh, this kind of change in um, presentation and attitude towards uh, towards new books. Like, get some uh, some fresh meat going on <laughs> over at DC. Uh, Batmite, because of the character. I, I just think it has potential, and the artwork, the character design for the bat for the Batmite character is adorable. So I'm very curious to see what they do. I'm not too familiar with Dan Jorgens as a writer. He, he wrote Death of Superman. Okay, yeah, he's a veteran, veteran, big time. All right, um, Bizarro. I like the Bizarro character. Um, I'm definitely willing to give like what is it a six part mini? Yeah, they're bo- they're both six part mini. Yeah, um, and a lot of this they they showed like some promotional artwork for some of these. A lot of these I'm going based off of art mm-hmm. that like piqued my interest. Um, the design for Bizarro was super cool. Oh yeah, that that I saw. Um, it almost looked I can't remember his name, and I'm gonna hate myself for this, but the guy that created Run and Stimpy. Oh, I can't remember his name. Either. I know I can't either, and I love him. <laughs> I met Mike him. Spiritually, uh, there's a lot of K's. In I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to sleep hitting yeah. myself tonight, yeah. forgetting this. But he, um, J. Michael Straczynski. <sighs> I met him. I met him when I was talking to uh, Joe Kelly at the last Comic Con. Anyway, wonderful man. Um, Black Canary, Brendan Fletcher, and Annie Wu. Absolutely. Uh, like Steph said, Constantine, James Tinian with Ming Doyle and uh, Riley Rossmo. Yeah. Uh, la, 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 la. What else do we got yeah. here? Doctor Fate. Um, Dr. Fate, Paul Levitz, sounds good. Uh, Harley Quinn and Power Girl with that team, most definitely. Uh, let me see what I got. Um, Prez, again, based off of the artwork that I saw, it looked a little bit like Tank Girl. Very curious about that one. Um, I hope it turns out to be good. Robin, son of Batman, uh, with Patrick Gleason, both writing and, and artistry. I am definitely there for that. Um, Jimmy Palmiani and Amanda Connor writing Starfire? Sure. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, she's wearing clothes now. That's good. Yeah. Uh, we Are Robin looks to be like a, a Robin team going around. That could uh, have potential. And am I mistaken in seeing that the ongoing series are going to be having some writer changes as well? Yeah, we're going to go over this. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so I shouldn't say the ones that I'm interested in. No, 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 in. not yet. We're going we're gonna to get there. Oh. We're going to get there. Next segment. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm really excited about, about this change up. Um, it's going to get me to, to at least try out um, and uh, some more DC books, and if not, add them to my pull list. I would love to be taking home some more DC stuff. I've kind of wandered away from them in, in recent months, so this might uh, get me back pretty hard. So Cool. Excited. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, so yeah, the ones I, I mean, I talked about this on the, sh- on the other show, but I'll talk about it a little bit here. I'm very excited about most of the ones you guys are also talking about. I think that the promo art for, uh, 
Damien, son of Batman, Robin, son of Batman. He's like got like a holding a dragon, like yeah. a pet dragon. Which yeah. wow, I'm in. <laughs> uh, my, you know, I love this idea with the Bat My Bizarre thing that they're gonna. They're, they even said they're doing something more, something stranger, something a little bit more off kilter, and I like that they're bringing that uh, purposely to, to to the line. So Batmite stuff like that, I'm excited about Batmite. My only real exposure. Um, um, it, it, to Batmite is the Grant Morrison R.I.P. stuff, yeah, which is just a, a ridiculous. That's my exposure yeah, to him ridiculous, too. ridiculous thing. Um, so, so yeah, um, that definitely. And then let's see, um, Constantine Hellblazer. I don't know Ming Doyle as a writer very much at all, but I love her as an artist. And Riley Rossimo is is an awesome artist. And seeing him doing the Constantine universe, I think, could be amazing. Um, I I think that Cyborg. They've been pressing him pretty hard since they started the new Fifty Two, and I love him as a character. I think he's a he's a great character, and glad that he's getting his own his own ongoing. So he's got a little Batmite. I do a figure. <laughs> uh, Dark Universe, uh, James Tinian and Ming Doyle again. Ming Doyle on art, which should be just absolutely amazing. Um, and James Tinian, who I think has done some really great stuff over the past year. Uh, Dr. Fate I always love Dr. Fate as a character so I uh, can't wait to see what Paul Levitz does mm-hmm. um, I don't know which Dr. Fate it's going to be uh, w- if it's going to be the one that's in the Earth 2 books now or it's mm. going to be the traditional one either your, way your I'm, enthusiasm for that character is actually what's got me curious about this what Dr. Fate yeah so cool I just love I just love that character the I, few I, things that I've read with him in them yeah. I always enjoy it and he's so great in uh, the Multiversity yeah you know, and Young Justice Oh, what am I thinking? Okay, yeah, he's in multiversity, but that's Doc Fate. Okay, oh, okay. different version of the character. Whoops. Yeah. Um, so, Martian Manhunter, same. You said like, I have the same kind of interest in it because I love that character. Uh, Omega Men, actually, only because Tom King is doing some really great stuff with Grayson, which I've really, really been liking. Um, so, I'm definitely going to check that out uh, as well. I, I Prez, the, the art is cute, but I, I just, it's so weird to me. Like, this, it's, it, it feels like a very Dan DeDeo thing, right? It's like bringing back, like, OMAC and. Yeah. It, only worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm intrigued. The Forever, the Forever People or whatever that book that he was writing for a while was. Um, Starfire, yeah, definitely. I love Starfire as a character. I'm a big Teen Titans fan. Uh, and We Are Robin. Look, I, I, I love Robin. He's like one of my favorite characters in all forms. I don't know if this book is going to be about a team of Robins or about a bunch of people, kids inspired by Robin who kind of take up the mantle. Because the the cover art kind of looks like that. It kind of looks like makeshift Robins. Um, mm. If it's a story featuring like Tim Drake and Dick Grayson um, and Jason Todd and, and maybe Damien and maybe Carrie Kelly or whatever. Stephanie. Stephanie Brown, exactly. Then I'm in. Like I think that's fantastic. Um, I can't get enough Robin. So, so now I would have like to have seen a Batgirl Incorporated. Mm, right. I think Gail Simone tweeted something about that. She wants to do it. Yeah. Well, this is a webcomic, because I, I, I will say this, not, I certainly can't get sued for it or anything. There was one day where Carolyn Coke and I were sitting around and we came up with this brilliant idea of, of you know, an Oracle leading a team of Batgirls. <laughs> you know, Stephanie and Cassie and, and the whole, and then we discovered someone was right doing it. It's like, oh, well, uh, too bad. So I'd like, you know, there are some books that we'd like to have seen. There aren't the Greg Rucker question would be mm. lovely to see, but maybe that's down the road that the universe has opened up, even if it's not as open as it should be yet. We've increased the percentage of female characters here, mm. of minority representation, still not where it's supposed to be, but 
when you look at the, some of these are minis, they will be replaced. And what follow? Will there be a vixen? Will there be metal men or the inferior five or Lord knows what other books are now going to come into the pipeline? Mm-hmm. Things are changing, mm-hmm. and that's that's to be celebrated for all the negative things I've said about DC over three years. I well, I could take all of them back, <laughs> but I will take some of them back and say good job. So the full quote from Dan Day, I just want to read it. it, says, This heralds in a new era for the DC Universe, which will allow us to publish something for everyone. Be more expansive and modern in our approach, and tell stories that better reflect the society around us. Um, he said, Whether you've been a DC fan your whole life, or whether you're new to comics, there will be a book for you beginning in June. So Now, if there only wasn't 90% men on these books. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, like Bob was yep. saying, like, it, it definitely... It's it's definitely not the the the, the total best start to, to that, um, but there there are some strides being made. It's definitely better than it was before this. It is happened. It is yes. Um, I had this discussion with somebody on Twitter the other day, and um, when these books got announced, and she was like in a rage about how there wasn't more female led books and how there wasn't more lady uh, ladies working on these books, and she was like, there should be like fifteen, and I was like, yeah, but we have like. Four or five, which is better than zero to one. I mean, so. that sucks that we have to say that, right? But yeah, it, yeah, it to- to- totally sucks. But at least this is like a, a step so- somewhere. Exactly, yeah, baby steps. Exactly. And, um, Cameron Stewart tweeted back because I think somebody uh, that he follows retweeted what I said, and he said it's a very, very big ship to have to completely turn around right um and it takes a little bit at a time to get it going in the right direction again so uh yeah baby steps yeah absolutely and i want to say too talking about starfire really quickly um emanuela lupacino who does the art right now for supergirl it's fantastic artist Mm -hmm. so i'm very excited that she's doing the art for starfire because she does cosmic stuff well she does the power stuff well she does flight well Mm -hmm. so i think it's going to bring something really cool and Starfire, like all I can think about is um, Sharknado. The girl in Sharknado, you would think that she would get less clothes on, but it's like the only campy D-list movie where the hot girl with big boobs actually gains more clothes as <laughs> the movie carries on, and that's kind of like Starfire right now. Yeah, <laughs> like she's slowly getting accessories yeah. and things are being covered up. <laughs> Slowly, mm-hmm. and it, it's funny, right? Because if you go back and you look at right the Wolfman Perez stuff, right? Mm-hmm. She's not really wearing very much clothes in those either. But because of the way he depicts her, it doesn't ever look yeah. exploitive, you know. And then you look, but you look at the beginning of New Fifty Two in, in the in the in that Red Hood and the Outlaws Oof. book or whatever, and like it was ridiculous. It was like a like a swimsuit edition yes. calendar. Next up, Starfire in the pantsuit. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so let's uh, let's run down quickly the the returning series. I'm gonna skim. I'm gonna name the series that are coming back. If they have creative changes, I'll name the creative team changes. So Action Comics, um, Aquaman's back. Uh, Cullen Bunn is taking over writing duties for Jeff Parker, and Trevor McCarthy is taking over art duties. Um, that may get me to once again at least check out Aquaman. I'd never thought Jeff Parker was bad, but I lost all my zest for it after jeff johns left mm-hmm. you know i just i i lost that i i need to read this book feeling mm-hmm. um colin bunn will definitely get me to buy at least one issue yeah and Trevor mccarthy is a great artist i mean uh he did great stuff on batwoman for a while uh and he he his art was gorgeous on that horrible clarion book 
that that came out. Oh yeah, written by Anasenti. Cool, horrible book, but great art. <laughs> <laughs> um, Batgirl, obviously, same team returning. Batman, same team. Detective Comics, uh, Batman, Superman, Catwoman is getting artist change. David Messina is taking over. Um, Deathstroke will remain the same. The Flash, Gotham Academy remains. Gotham by Midnight uh, remains, but changing uh, its artist to Juan uh, Ferreira who is the artist on colder. So oh, keeping cool. the same kind of horror vibe All there right. with that. Uh, Grayson. I'll allow it. I mean, the same, a uh, green arrow, uh, Ben Percy is writing it and, uh, Patrick Zercher will be drawing it. Uh, that's relatively short run for the, the, the new team uh, on that book, um, that had just come in when, uh, Lemire had left, uh, green lantern back, same team, Harley Quinn back, same team, justice league back, same team, justice league united. Uh, we have no idea who's going to be writing or what drawing is that it about. <laughs> Obviously that means Lemire is done with it. Yeah. Um, Lobo back, same team. Secret Six re- remains. I think issue two comes out this week of Secret mm-hmm. Six. Yep. Finally. Sinestro remains the same. New Suicide Squad pretty much remains the same. Superman is one of the bigger um, one of the bigger shakeups. Uh, as Jeff Johns will no longer be writing it. And uh, Gene Lun Yang will be the writer who wrote a book called The Shadow Hero, I believe, uh, this past year, mm. um, which was a very well-acclaimed book. Um, something that people are seeming very, very excited about. Hmm. Um, Superman Wonder Woman is staying the same. Teen Titans staying the same. And Wonder Woman is staying the same. Sadly. <laughs> you know, I just got on to Superman this past issue that just came out. Oh, yeah? Because everybody was telling me how amazing the Jeff John stuff mm. was or how it's gotten. And now he's leaving after the next issue. Yeah. Do you have a couple issues to go back and read, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Mm. You could you should read the stuff you wrote before, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how impressed I was by the the one that I just read. It was a little. Well, it's the you read, you really came right in the middle. Yeah, it was. I felt like I was reading like the last chapter of something far larger. Well, it's the last. It was the last like issue of an arc. But I thought that it was the beginning of him getting his new powers. Yeah, he got a new power in this. And that was issue. the end of the story. Was him getting? Yeah, his... yeah. You got to go back and start from like thirty two or whatever the bah. arc started. What's this? Was new... your first day reading comics? Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I've been faking it this whole time. What's his new power? It's like a... I can't even explain it, really. It's like a... Do you want me to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He... Think of um, Johnny Storm's uh, Nova that he has where he just explodes. Basically, um, Superman takes all of the energy that he's taken in from the sun and expels it in like a giant atomic blast. The hook of it is... Yellow sun diarrhea, it sounds like. (laughs) Once the energy is expelled, he is then human for 24 hours. Ha-cha-cha. Like I said, I wasn't really really that stoked about it. But I digress. What else we got? I have a question. Yes. Digital books? Sensation comics? Well, I don't think this this is not including those. This doesn't include any of those because those don't don't count in the normal universe stuff like the, this okay. is you know i think they're going on for a while still though yeah yeah okay. but this that's what i think because they, they weren't ham- they weren't contained within the continuity anyway so i um, don't think they they prepare this announcement i'm really excited um i think it came out digitally but i didn't realize that lauren bucus had written one of the sensation comics oh she cool. did oh. uh the hidden kingdom fairest and she wrote a couple books that I've been raving about, The Shining Girls and Broken Monsters, and she did, I think she's doing an arc in Sensation Comics, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm into this. 
you're you're talking before about not having a Wonder Woman story to read. Read Sensation Comics. I mean, oh, from I downloaded issue, all of it. Yeah, you'll love it. Every single story so far has just been perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty excited. I mean, I'm pretty excited about the artists that are on board with it. And then I just saw the Lauren Bucus thing, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I am definitely I'm into this. Just ignore the covers. <laughs> covers. Yeah, are the miserable. covers are pretty terrible. Yeah. Yeah, the, most of the digital books have really bad covers. I guess because they don't really put a lot of stock in them because they're just for digital books. Yeah. Yeah. And they look the same. Yeah. Posed yeah. silliness. Yeah. yeah. Um, so w- w- of the returning books, Steve, are there any new creative teams or anything you're excited for? I, already, I just put the list away. <laughs> um, I mean, the one that really stood out for me was the Colin Bond being on Aquaman. I really, really, I mean, I loved, we all did mm-hmm. for, for that large run that Jeff Johns had done. And that Throne of Atlantis uh, storyline still one of my favorite uh, arcs that I've read. And, um, I mean, Colin Bunn's, between his Deadpool stuff, the Magneto stuff that he's doing, um, that tremendous The Sixth Gun that I've been reading. Didn't uh, he do Fearless Defenders, too? He did, yes. Yes, oh, he yeah. did. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I'm... I'm following him. I, I like him a lot. He's got a really good way of, of blending. And not to say that there'll be horror in Aquaman. I don't know. There's something, it's something, it's something I really can't explain. There's just something about his, his writing voice that speaks to me. And he find like, he's kind of like a Jack of all trades that he's been able to dive into several different pools. And I've enjoyed, like, I can't think of anything that he's done that I've been like, meh, like everything that I've read from him would be like, this is pretty damn cool. Yeah. So sure. I'll, I'll jump back on uh, Aquaman and give it a shot mm. for uh, an issue or two. See what's up. Yeah. I, I am. I'm excited about that. This isn't, there's no change at all, but this is part of like the Jeff Johns is not only writing one book. He's only writing justice league and justice league has been great. Oh. And the promise of the, the new arc, they released a piece of art for it around when they actually released this statement, mm-hmm. the dark side war, which is going to be dark side versus the anti-monitor. Um, the, uh, looks so cool and Jason Fabuk who just came out a couple issues ago he had been doing Detective Comics for a, a, a long time and also stuff on Batman Eternal um, is doing the art for it now and it's kind of like just perfect like Jeff Johns Justice League art mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited the, uh, did you see the Alex Garner cover they put out with it? no oh it's it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing Alex Garner uh, art I got a question yeah how long has P- uh, Peter J. Tomasi been on Superman Wonder Woman? Uh, a, couple, a couple months now Really? Yeah, th- for a while. Soul left. Did it get better? I don't. I don't read it, so I don't know. Okay. I have no desire. I never. I. I, well, I, I never thought it was bad. I just thought it was like not a. I, I just don't have any interest in reading it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have no interest in hearing that story. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That that was the mm-hmm. thing for me. Like, I read the first issue. And I said this is good, but I don't care about this dynamic. Right. Like, it, I, for me, like as much as I think it it it, it has a possibility of having interesting aspects to it, I feel like it bogs down both characters you know mm-hmm. i don't want to see though that that going on you know i want to see them doing their own thing so okay uh, yeah i like peter j tomasi i love peter j tomasi <laughs> love him but it's sad because he said he tweeted that he's not done with the batman universe because mm-hmm. he's obviously the batman and robin that's one of the, one of the books that isn't left it's gone now in in, in this it's not one of the returning series that I read. I think I'm gonna cry. <laughs> so it'll be gone, and there's a few, there's a few others as well. Obviously, that they're they're not gonna be there. Um, you know, no Supergirl is no Supergirl left no, after this. No Batwoman. No Batwoman. Um, though for what Batwoman has become, maybe that's better. 
Um, yeah. Good point. I, I would hope that they would bring it back, but so while you know, no Superboy of, of any kind in the, in the relaunch, no Shazam, which I'm very very surprised about not not, not being there. Um, what was gonna say? You know, and I expected some spinoff stuff. Like I expected like Nettlemen, you know, after mm-hmm. bringing them back, like to, to have have their own series. Um, I expected Red Robin to have his own series. I expected a bunch of stuff to happen when they finally did something like this, and those things didn't happen. The Atom, you know, uh, and those things didn't happen. But and there are slots, so we'll yeah, there are uh, six months from now. Things will cycle, like, like yeah. we said. The thing I'm most sad about is that Supergirl is ending because it, it has just again, once again, gotten really good. And I, there's something in the forums I, I was reading that said they picked up the first two trades and then just skipped everything and started reading this one. And they said it was like a per- pretty seamless yeah, read, that. Yeah. <laughs> and that it was it's like it's excellent. It was like it's oh, good. So <laughs> yeah. I have to pick up these. How many issues in are we into the new three? Three into three. the new team. Okay. Yeah, um, really great. This whole new Supergirl arc has been fantastic. Yeah, I've really been enjoying it. So I'm sad to see that see that go. Um, but hopefully we'll we'll get new stuff. Things will cycle, and we'll see what, what what's going on. Um, we at least know right that Gotham Academy is getting probably six more issues yeah. if they're mm-hmm. lasting past this whole event. So. That's good to see. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but overall, like Stefan, like you were saying, I, 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 the words are nice that they said. I hope that they follow through on, yeah. on, on what they're saying. And um, I think it's also really important to note. Uh, again, I keep on referencing uh, Cameron Stewart here because um, while these announcements were going on, I was pretty. Uh, I was talking to him and uh, Katie Schenkel, who writes for the Mary Sue, um, and you know. Uh, and this girl as well that I mentioned that was disappointed that, you know, there weren't more female titles and all that stuff. Um, but uh, we have to just keep encouraging change with, you know, what we buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want good books to keep coming, support the good books. If you want, you know, like maybe there's always going to be titles that we want to exist there's always things that we want. Like, oh, no, there's ba- Black Canary, no Supergirl. Oh, no more Batwoman. Oh. But, like, if you want Batwoman, support Batgirl. If you want more YA stuff, support Gotham Academy. If you want, uh, like, a Batman and Robin book eventually again, support. Is it We Are Robin? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, just, mm-hmm. you know, support titles and if they give you a chance to send in letters and stuff like that, if there's emails um, and places um, in the back of the books, I mean, some of them do, some of them don't, uh, make sure your voice is heard. They do occasionally read those things. Yes. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's important to know, too, I mean, we talked, if you think we have an uh, um, Asian writer now on, on Superman, um, mm-hmm. David Walker, who writes Shaft, right, is mm-hmm. writing yes. Cyborg. So a, a person of color writing a character of color. These are these are all good steps. Uh, we're making we're making strides. Yes, and I think. and hopefully the strides keep making. Like Stephanie said, the only way to keep them going is to is to support the books that you support. Unless they're bad, then don't buy them. Because don't yeah, buy them. Don't buy bad books. Don't waste money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anything's bad, just don't. That's that's general advice. Yeah. Um, we'll tell you which ones are bad. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> We read them so you don't have careful there, Bob. Right. Yeah. yeah, our opinions are the end all be all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but like Stephanie said, that's no. a good tagline, Stephanie. Yeah, we read them so you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> they'll find you in the forums. Yeah, 
but yeah, I, I think it's overall something announcement. And I was saying to Bob in the car over here, and I said it on the show, but it's weird. It's such a measured announcement. You know, it, it, it's such a, it's such a, not everything is changing, but things are changing. We're taking away this. We're giving you this. It's not, not everything's rebooting, but we're, we are going to try to make things more inclusive. It's a very refreshing thing in, a, in, a, in an industry that is so much about everything is different. You know, we're flipping it all out. We're blowing up the house to, to rebuild mm-hmm. it. It's nice to see them, you know, trying to be as inclusive as possible. That statement really sung to me about there'll be a book for everybody. Because if that means for women, for people of color, for people who've been reading like Bob mm-hmm. for however many years, for new people, for young people, for kids, that, that, that's, that's the win for everybody. And if they can do it, you know they'll they'll be on top. Yeah. And as you said, and I'm going to steal this, it was a very Marvel sort of announcement. <laughs> <laughs> and Marvel's doing DC. Yeah, <laughs> it's the bizarro world. Is. What has gone on? You know, Marvel, go ahead. No, it's just kind of a thought to me um, on on the whole. We read it, so you don't have to. We should do in addition to like our group book of the week. We should do something like in the forums, vote for which book you'd like all of us to read and talk about. That'd be a good idea. We should. And then you guys can go ahead, look a week in advance, or we give you a list, and you guys let us know which People ones punish us. we should. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm not reading yeah. any Finch Wonder Woman books. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care who votes for it. I've well, had enough. As, except for Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is banned from all of the books <laughs> in this Sensation Comics Wonder Woman, in which case you can vote for anything else. <laughs> just not Wonder Woman no. while it's being written by no, David I think it, I think it's a neat idea <laughs> um, alright and uh, kind of sandwiching the, the, the DC news with, with some Marvel news um, on the same day that all of this happened uh, Marvel announced what I, I feel like they felt was going to be a big kind of shaking announcement or at least something that was going to get a lot of play but because all this happened it did not they announced A-Force um, a, an all event, all female Avengers team, um, which will be s- taking place in Secret Wars, um, written by G. Willow Wilson and Marguerite Bennett. Um, I can't. Who's the artist on the book? I don't remember who the artist of the book is. <laughs> I gotta look at it right now. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Jorge Molina. Jorge Molina will be on art duties, um, and and that will be spinning out. So. The, the A-Force team will replace the regular Avengers team during the Secret Wars event and will feature She-Hulk, Medusa, Dazzler, Nico Minoru, and many of Marvel's other top female heroines. The title will also see the introduction of a new cosmically powered superheroine called Singularity. The team will come, the team will be brought together in the paradise region of the battle world, inhabited solely by females, to fight a foe from deep within Marvel's history. Uh, this is a quote from G. Will Wilson. We've purposefully assembled a team composed of very different characters from disparate parts of the Marvel U with very different power sets, identities, and ideologies. They will all have to come together to answer some big questions. What would you sacrifice to succeed? What is being a hero worth? Mm. Mm. A Force. Aside from the horrendous <laughs> name, the, yes, oh, thank it's a God. horrible name. I'm so glad that I'm not the only one that feels <laughs> it's that a way. horrible, horrible name. Um, aside from the horrible name. Uh, Stephanie, what's your what's your thoughts about this? Lots of different powers, <laughs> one set of sex parts. <laughs> That's the actual tagline for the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I this after like the day that this all got announced. Um, honestly, this was a bit like, oh, that's that's all right. And I mean, obviously, 
as um, the feminist comics lightning rounder. Um, <laughs> I should be very pro this book. Um, feminism, yay, lady wits. Um, but X-Men really burned me. I wanted that book to be so good. I had such high hopes and I was just like, flip the tables. What is this shit? <laughs> um, it wasn't that bad, but it was, I didn't stick with it nearly as long as I would have loved to. Um, and I don't think that G. Willow Wilson and Marguerite Bennett are going to go down that road. Um, and it feels, I said this with the X-Men thing, it feels a bit like pandering, but at the same time, with a strong creative team, I don't think it will actually be pandering once it kind of comes out. Mm-hmm. And the team is interesting. Um, I, I am intrigued by Nico from Runaways, um, you know, Medusa, uh, Dazzler. Looking all disco Dazzler, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, um, one step up from Jubilee. <laughs> like, eh, I don't care so much. But I mean, I, I have enjoyed silly comics with Dazzler where she's not necessarily taken that seriously. Uh, and she's just a fun character to have around. Um, I I mean, I will obviously read this. Uh, I will obviously call this book something else in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is... Yet to be determined. <laughs> the A team. Yeah, it's oh, kind it's of taken. It's, Sorry. Yeah, I know. It's it's like Avengers and the D listers, <laughs> uh, which is cool. I, I like that these characters. A lot of them are coming uh, out from. Uh, they're they're being taken off the sidelines and being put out there, champs. In the not-so-secret wars. Yes, not-so-secret yeah. wars. And I would assume, too, that if it's happening during Secret Wars, that it won't. That at least this version of it will not be an ongoing yeah. series. It's going to be a mini for the war, and then we'll see what happens after the <laughs> event's over. We love Lady Comics! As minis. I don't think you can accuse Marvel too much of that. They have a lot yeah. of female-led <laughs> comics. Um, canceled. Well, if they don't sell, they're going to get canceled. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, we have like 6,000. Because they sell copies. That's what happens. It's the it's the unfortunate truth of the, of the market. Um, just call this book Avengers. Well, this is kind of what is an Avengers book, I guess. But it's the only it's Avengers book during 18. the only Avengers book, right? During the Secret Wars, um, which is interesting. Uh, but uh, Bob, what did you think of this announcement? I'm torn. Love the creative team. Fun, I'm torn. <laughs> and problems with how it's how and where it's being released the yeah. part of an event that I have no interest in whatsoever I will buy this I love the idea of characters from apparently all through Marvel's mm-hmm. history based on their outfits we're talking 60s 70s 80s 90s all sorts of things I'm willing to try because I'm not going to be buying much else for <laughs> like three months so I'll give this give this a fly yeah, see what happens yeah Steve what about you I'll be the one that's super excited about this. <laughs> um, I love the creative team. Uh, the vast majority of my favorite comic book characters, especially coming from Marvel, are female, and a lot of them are on this team. You've got Medusa. You've got She-Hulk. Um, I'm not the biggest Jubilee fan, but in other times, she's been okay. Um, I actually read something. I can't remember what it was, but Dazzler has kind of changed in the face well, of... Well, it's the uncanny and all new X-Men stuff. That's... Okay, yeah. so that's where she was getting, like, siphoned... She was Agent Dazzler? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, ay, ay, ay. It's so good. Don't yeah, ay, ay, ay. Yeah. You have not read it. It's oh, so God. good. It was good. It really the character is really great in 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 those in those issues. It's a pretty bad name though. Dazzler. Dazzler? Yes, of course Did it's you a say bad Agent name. Agent Dazzler. Well, I mean, she was an agent of Shield. Oh, they didn't okay. like call her Agent I Dazzler. You were saying it was called that, and I was like, no, 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 no. That's worse than A Force. No, 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 no. She was an agent in Shield. I was just saying that, like, as a jokey name. They called her by her real name, whatever. Agent Allison Blair. Agent Blair is what they called her. But okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, seeing what G. Will Wilson has done for the Ms. Marvel character, uh, teaming up with Marguerite Bennett, who I think is a growing and very talented uh, voice in the comics industry, a female voice in the comics industry. I don't see how that team up could fail on a project like this. And for however long it lasts, I hope that it's amazing and I will be reading it. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Look, I, I, if creative, when I see a creative team that I like, that's what always gets me excited about something. Um, I, G. Will Wilson has, has said some really cool things about the book and what she, why she's doing it. And she's, you know, she is acknowledging the fact that, look, I know it's all female and I know it seems like a gimmick, but like, if we were going to do this, we're going to do it right. And this, and we're going to address mm. really big issues in, in, in these, in this story. So that I think is cool. Um, what, what happens to it afterward? What, it, what it surrounds it? Obviously, I don't know. We don't, we don't know what that's going to be like. We don't know what secret wars is going to be. Um, it's very secret, so <laughs> so I, I can't speak to that. But on the face, I, I think the cover image is great. Um, I really like Dazzler, so I'm excited about that. So, uh, um, she Hulk as well uh, is, is great. Obviously, Medusa. The whole that whole huge image they put out. Um, it's exciting. Rogue. He, Rogue is in there, and it looks like one, looks like nineties Rogue. Nineties yeah. Rogue, yeah. yeah, with the leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. there's one f- major female character not on the cover. Who's that? Sue Storm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and did you see? I posted the artwork um, from Stephanie Hans. She did a rendition of the Singularity character. Oh yeah, she is like conceptually, visually speaking, she is a beautiful, beautiful character. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot wait to see like what her power set is and what her personality turns out to be. I'm very excited about that, particularly with this series. And I noticed oh. that there, there's a Hellcat was way in the back. Yeah, <laughs> Patsy Walker, who also and got cast in the Daredevil warning. show. To any dudes that say, but what happens when they're all on their periods? You will be murdered. (laughs) What? No, seriously, that's a thing. Really? Yeah. That's just stupid. It's like serious, legit commenting on all of these lady teams. And to you, I say, please go sit in a corner and have a timeout for an indefinite period of time. (laughs) All right. Um, I don't mean to bring it down. I'm just saying, no, no, no. if any of you guys, anyone who listens to this show, if you think that, <laughs> um, sorry, it wasn't Daredevil. She got cast in. It was Jessica Jones. Oh, aka Jessica Jones. Wait, wait, what? what? Uh, Rachel Taylor got cast as Trish Walker, aka Hellcat, in Je- the aka Jessica Jones Netflix oh, show. Oh, somebody tweeted that to me. They were like, Hellcat's getting her own series, and I was like, I feel like you're wrong. No, but she's um, a major part of that show, apparently, though. Okay, yeah. okay, that's what that was about then, because yeah. I was like, I'm not going to argue with you, but... <laughs> um, so cool that character is going to yeah. be seen. I thought of you when I saw the announcement. I was like, oh, I'll be happy about this. Very much so. Swaka. Yeah. Um, all right, that's 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 it. That's all the news. Um, that's that's all a lot we, of news. That's all we had to talk about. That's it. For this, just those couple of small God, stories. What are we going to do to fill the rest of the time? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna end the show <laughs> yeah um uh if you guys want to get in touch with us please it's at talking comics on twitter facebook.com slash talking comics 
and podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com is the email address. Um, go to talkingcomicbooks.com for all the great articles, um, columns. We just did the, uh, the representation of Human Rights Week, which was amazing. Maria yes. Norris organized uh, an her. amazing week. We had amazing columnists. It, it, it was, I think it was honestly the best week we've ever had for written content on the site it just was like far and above what we've ever done mm-hmm. um we've we we have lots of other stuff going up though we're bringing in we do a yeah a ton of new contributors yeah and uh, and we're, we're really focusing on original content personality driven content um with, with our new contributors we want to bring you guys stuff you can't read anywhere else we want mm-hmm. to only can read it at talking comics mm-hmm. amy yeah. divine uh who's good evening on twitter has a great new column um the third uh, the third installment just went up uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this, on Wednesday, uh, called The New Reader. She has been writing up pieces on how you can get into comics uh, from the perspective of a fairly new person in comics. Um, lots of really cool stuff going up. Uh, there was a great piece by Tyler Edwards called Modern Comics, The Gaze and Objectification, uh, carrying on some of the gender issues things. And there's a lot of really awesome content we're working really 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 hard to bring you guys yeah absolutely and uh our own joy Pacino just put up an article today about this whole spider-man news um about his mixed feelings uh, about it which is a really really great read mm. um it's called spider-man the, the prodigal son returns um so check that out too uh, on top of that of course we also have our, our network of of podcasts you're listening to talking comics but of course we have the misfits with stephanie cook uh mara wood and melissa megan um you guys just did a big doctor who episode right yeah yeah uh, a friend of mine kyle anderson from the nerdist came and joined us um to talk about the new series uh, mm. everything from 2005 onwards and we talked for a very very long time like it felt like no time had gone by and then all of a sudden I was like, wow, we've been recording for almost two hours and that's only like the second half of the show. <laughs> so uh, mm. it was great. It was a lot of fun. And next week is our one year anniversary. Wow. So we are, uh, we're doing very much like what we did with Talking Comics. We're going to have a ton of people join us on the show um, and talk about what geekdom means to them and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So if you guys want to be a part of our Misfits call in, uh, Make sure to tweet at us, the underscore misfits. Awesome. Awesome. Um, of course, we have Talking Valiant with Adam Shaw. Uh, we have Talking Movies with Brian Verderosa, um, which they are just doing their top 50 movies of all time. Part one is out uh, right now. Part two will be out later this week. Um, it's I think all told, it's like a four hour kind of extravaganza. Damn. Um, I, I, you know... It, it, it's a show it, it's a show on our on, on our site and obviously toasted by one of my my best friends but i'm a big fan of the show i listen to it every week um i think it's really great so i think people should definitely check it out if, if they get a chance if you're into movies i love brian's out. voice brian's got a great voice yeah he and does. um this guy he has a his kind of new partner uh, nick scalia um is great too he knows so much about movies it's, it's a great balance because nick like went to film school and stuff like that and so mm-hmm. he has like a more intrinsic like mechanical knowledge of everything um and, and brian who you know he, he's more of just like a feeling guy you know he knows a lot about movies but he knows a lot about movies because he taught himself a lot about movies right and, and I, I love that the, the the differences in their opinions that that that, that brings it's, mm-hmm. it's a really cool thing indeed um, yeah absolutely and then uh talking games of course um topic this week well um i'm hosting the show this week and it'll be me rob and justin and uh we're gonna be talking about the potential of the legend of zelda live action coming to netflix 
and what other games we would like to be uh, transferred onto that medium. And we'll also be talking about games like Evolve, Life is Strange, and the uh, new Battlefield Hardline demo uh, beta that cool. went up. Awesome. Awesome. And more. So check out those guys. Um, you can get all that stuff on there. And also, Comics and Coffee will soon be out in podcast form. It's been submitted to iTunes, so we should be getting approval any day now uh, for that. Congratulations. So that. Thank you. And uh, that's live every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Myself and Nikki Alfaro on YouTube. If you go to talkingcomicbooks.com slash live, that's where you can find it every week. <laughs> you got Check a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff. Always a lot yeah. of stuff going on. Crazy. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for Talking Comics. If you guys are in touch with us personally, though, I'm at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Steve? I am at dead underscore anchorus on Twitter. Stephanie? I am at Hello Cookie. And Bob, your email address. Um, Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. Um, if you guys get a chance, there's a little uh, Patreon button on the side of the site. If you go to TalkingComicBooks.com, check it out. Um, see if there's anything you're interested in. Maybe support us if you get a chance. We are very, very close to our second goal, which is a whole bunch of new equipment and stuff, which we can bring you even, even better stuff. So please. And thank you so much to everybody who supported already. You guys are yeah, just absolutely. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so you can hear my neighbors yelling in the basement even clearer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and also, um, I, I, it might not happen every week, but most weeks I'm doing something called Talking Comics Pre-Roll, which for the Patreon members only, you get to hear a little bit of like the, the talking before the show actually starts, <laughs> which can be very interesting and entertaining, um, as you could imagine with Stephanie on the line. Pizza! <laughs> <laughs> It's a little preview for you, a little sneak peek, yeah. a little <laughs> teaser trailer for what's going to happen. Um, but that's going to do it for the Talking Wait, Comics podcast. No, can what? I just quickly say, if you guys, um, please check out the interview that I have going up on Friday with Daphna Plebin. You may not know her name, and I know like a lot of the time, big names are what draw you to download the episodes. But Daphna is an editor on Lumberjanes and Sons of Anarchy and all kinds of really awesome titles over at Boom. Uh, so I just want to encourage you to, even though you might not recognize her name, uh, check it out because she gives a lot of great insight into being an editor, which, um, might be a career path that you guys are interested in learning about. And, uh, I think she is awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So Stephanie, both this, this week, both said something after me before the break and interrupted me. Uh, uh, sorry. She definitely took Bob's place mm -hmm. uh, this week. Bob, do you have anything you want to talk about before we end? No, Stephanie did it already. Okay. <laughs> you sure, Bob? We yeah. can have a conversation. Positive. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for the Talking <laughs> Comics podcast for this week. For Steve. See you in two weeks. Bob. Good night. And Stephanie. Pizza. I have been Bobby. <laughs> Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. <laughs> <laughs>